Welcome to the Movie Planet. This week we're talking about 2017's Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. With Joe. You were unbalanced. Bested by a girl who had never held a lightsaber. You failed! And JC. I will never train another generation of Jedi. I came to this island to die. It's time for the Jedi to end. And Joel. <gasps> I feel something. You feel it? Yes, I feel it. That's the force. Really? Wow, it must be really strong Whoa, with you. I've never it. Ow! Let's start with introductions. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Kylo Ren to my Ray, Joel. How are you? Touching. Oh, there you go. I was muted. <laughs> I'm good. Does that mean we touch fingers? Yes, you want to touch fingers right now? No, we'll save it for later. Okay. Also joining us today, through random MP3 clips, because he couldn't be here, is our Supreme Leader Snoke, Sam. Ah, oh, Sam. it's so good. <laughs> Sam soundboard. <laughs> And rejoining us today from a galaxy far, far away, our Jedi Master, our KOTOR Master, our SOTOR Master, the man in flannel, the man with the beard, the great and powerful JC. Welcome back, sir. Hello. My name is JC. <laughs> is this you being good? I am going to not swear today. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find something for your triumphant return. I like it. It feels right. I just feel with my hands. <laughs> and he's back. <laughs> well, this week we are reviewing Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi for the space fantasy movie genre. I feel like Star Wars should just be its own genre at this point. It, it really should be. <laughs> Anyway, the Pantheon has seven movies in it right now. So what we grade Last Jedi on is going to actually push one of these movies out. <gasps> dun, yeah. Dun, da, ba, da, 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 da. Uh, tune this down a little bit. Sorry, JC. You're back. Now we can abuse you. The space fantasy movie Pantheon is number one, The Force Awakens. Number two, The Empire Strikes Back. Number three, Revenge of the Sith. Number four, Return of the Jedi. Number five, Rogue One. Number six, The Phantom Menace. And number seven, A New Hope. Attack of the Clones did not make the seven. Nope. <laughs> uh, but the higher we, the grade we give The Last Jedi, the longer it may be staying in here. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its ass from the Pantheon in the future. So we will discuss the movie, and in an hour or so, we will just analyze it and grade it and figure out if we need to boot a movie out. Okay, hey, it's a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen the Star Wars The Last Jedi... Why are you listening? Chances are... they like us. You're not one of the $200 million worth of people that want to go see this. Uh, it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we've handled that business, let's get to our movie of the week. Joker, give us a trailer. And here we... Master Yoda. Young Skywalker. I'm ending all of this. The tree, the text, the Jedi. I'm gonna burn it down.
so it is time. For the Jedi Order to end. Time it is. For you to look past a pile of old books. The sacred Jedi texts. Ooh, read them, have you? Well, on page turners, they were not. Yes, yes, yes. Wisdom they held, but that library contained nothing that the girl Ray does not already possess. Hmm. Skywalker. Still looking to the horizon. Never hear that. Hmm? The need in front of your nose. Hmm? I was weak. Unwise. Lost Ben Solo. You did. Lose Ray. We must not. I can't be what she needs me to be. Heeded my words not, did you? Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery. Hmm. But weakness, folly, failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. Luke, we are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. That's the trailer right there. This week, we are talking about 2017's Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, a little movie that just came out, uh, PG-13, another PG, this is the third PG-13 Star Wars movie, right? Revenge of the Sith, and was The Force Awakens PG-13? Yes. Okay. Well, Written and directed by Ryan Johnson, not J.J. Abrams, not George Lucas. Uh, starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher as General Leia Organa, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, Daisy Ridley as Rey, no last name needed, John Boyega as Finn, just a couple of initials, Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron, Andy Serkis as Supreme Leader Snoke, Lupito Nyong'o as Maz Kanata, Donald Gleason as General Hux, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma, Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico, Laura Dern as Vice Admiral Amelin, Amy Lynn Holdo, Benicio Del Toro as DJ, and Frank Oz as the original Yoda. Now, according to our good people at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 93%. The critics, on average, give this film an 8.1 out of 10. The audience score, which is an average rating of the audience give this film, is a 3.3 out of 5, with 55% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. Well, now it's time for a little trivia about making of this movie. None of Carrie Fisher's scenes in the movie were cut out following her death. So they kept every single one of them in. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan initially wrote a story outline for the film, but was called away to work on Star Wars The Force Awakens when problems arose with that film's initial script. When Ryan Johnson signed on as a director, he requested to be allowed to scrap Kasdan's story and write his own script from scratch, which the producers consented to. 
as Kazdan's outline no longer matched up with the finished storyline of the previous film. All right, well, that's good. I was going to say, ooh, what the hell did he come up with that we lost? But if it didn't match up, then there's no point. But this also makes a lot of sense with some of the questions we're going to have, where they introduce certain mysteries in Force Awakens, and they dismiss them in the second movie. Uh, Ryan Johnson's original cut of the film exceeded three hours. Reports say he cut between 45 and 60 minutes to get the film down to a more palatable runtime of two hours and 50 minutes. <laughs> so it really more like three and a half hours. I'd have been okay with that. I would have loved to have seen what was missing. Same here. Uh, maybe it'll be on the extended edition. <laughs> the ultimate edition? <laughs> the, the ultimate. The ultimate Blu-ray, Target, Walmart. Steel special, book. <laughs> special features. It was understood in the script, though, not necessarily in the final film, that General Leia had begun training as a Jedi shortly after the events of Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. Motherhood and later discord in the Galactic Senate caused her to cut short her tutoring. This explains how she is able to use the Force to create a bubble of air around her and return to her ship like Mary Poppins after the bridge of the Radis is destroyed. An entry in the canonical tie-in visual dictionary confirmed this as well. So now we know, okay, she started training the minute that Return of the Jedi was over. That's actually nice to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. No one, this is the first move, first Star Wars movie, including Rogue One, where no one says, I have a bad feeling about this. This is the first <laughs> Star Wars film where Luke uses both his blue lightsaber and his green lightsaber. Yay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, this is the first, Star, first Skywalker Star Wars film to not feature Obi-Wan Kenobi. <sighs> that stings. Yeah. Obi-Wan was missed in this movie, I think. I would have liked to have seen Obi-Wan show up instead of Yoda. That's because he's busy making his own film. The only film, this is the only film of the Star Wars saga that doesn't contain a lightsaber duel. Uh, they're used in the film. The only time you see Saber's class is when Luke and Kylo do their one, one clash, and that's it. That's it. Uh, so, but that being said, the Praetorian Guard scene is pretty amazing. That is a cool scene. But hey, let's get into this story. How did you handle this week before the movie was released in theaters? Uh, JC? I read a couple of reviews beforehand. No spoilers, but nothing out of the ordinary for me. Okay. Joel? Um... I made a couple bets on how I thought the <laughs> movie would go, and did you make money? Um, did they, they all have not been graded yet? Because I made four, I lost one. Uh, spoiler alert! I bet that Mark Hamill would not die, and I would like to. He maybe, didn't die. I know, but I've I've lost money on that because they say that he did. They're saying physically died. They're saying he died and it had to be on screen and mother. If it wasn't on screen, <laughs> um, but he didn't die. I know. <laughs> Tell my ten dollars that. <laughs> Who's this person? I will talk with this person. Uh, BetOnline.ag. <laughs> uh, my second, uh, which we'll talk about later, was that I thought that uh, Poe Dameron was going to have more screen time than Finn, and so the entire week I was like, I hope that this is just a all Poe Dameron movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other two are that it would not beat the Force Awakens, not the Force Awakens. Uh, oh yeah, Force Awakens. That it would not beat the Force Awakens in the box office, and that it would make less than two billion dollars overall. Um, so I just pretty much just kept checking yeah. my uh, pending bets to see if they were getting graded before I saw the movie, so that I would have a little bit of insight before I went in. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sam went on a two-week lockdown on media, <laughs> so that's his two cents there, and. I went on a media lockdown as of the Sunday beforehand. Uh, I even put certain people on Do Not Disturb. Sorry, Sam. On the Friday, it came out so I could go in reaction-free. Uh, and then I saw it with JC and Joel. Yeah, we were both there. Yeah. We I, cuddled. 
We 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 had a drink at the bar first. <clears throat> well, Joe and I cuddled. Yeah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> nice. Oh, it's so good. See? Thank you, Sam. What a great sound bite. <laughs> Before we go into the story, a little disclaimer. Let's be clear on something. There are very obvious parallels to Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back in this movie. We will bring them up, but only because we don't want you all thinking that we're ignoring them. However, we are not going to cloud our entire discussion with it, nor are we going to use them as a reason for our overall feelings of this movie, like some people did for Force Awakens. Hmm. Those same people are saying The Last Jedi is amazing now, but I'm not going to call any of them out. Joel? I said nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into this. The opening crawl from the latest film reads that the First Order is plotting to seize military control of the galaxy. A team of resistance fighters led by General Leia Organa are planning an evacuation from their main base as Supreme Leader Snoke's forces are coming for them. The resistance holds out hope that Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker? Yeah, that's it. Skywalker will return to bring hope. Dot, dot, dot. Now, the movie starts, obviously, the Lucasfilm, you see the... In a galaxy far, far away, do you start getting goosebumps? Wait. Oh yeah. Always. As soon as the Lucasfilm came up, I got goosebumps. Yes, and then and the guy beside me wouldn't put his damn phone away. He still had the screen up. I was about to like. Oh really? Oh yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I mean, he put it down by like galaxy far, far away, but still. I know that when the Star Wars shows up, my leg was grabbed. I I, oh. I may I may have James. I may, I may have. <laughs> Been excited. I, I, was, I was a little excited. Oh, it's so good. It was. It was, very, it was very nice. One of my favorite Firm. and least favorite things about going to see Star Wars in theaters. I love when people get excited. I hate when people get too excited. Like when they the last like fifteen minutes. I don't. I tried to like suppress it out of my memory. Oh, the clapping's great. They can hear you. It's wonderful. Um. But no, what was happening? Oh, the, the this is totally going to the end of the movie. This has nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> what about the dude like unwrapping oh, a yeah. like a package of tin foil? It was like he had a whole like thing an of entire. Chips ahoy. <laughs> it's like he was unrolling an entire thing. It, you're right, chips ahoy! Like the <laughs> loudest package in the world. Like it, right when like the <laughs> everything's like about to happen, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was so like, irritating. It was the loudest thing in the world. <laughs> it's like you're trying to sneak past your parents at night and you're stepping on glass. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone is quiet and he's like, this is the time to open my brand new package of snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. Oh, you were so hyper-focused. <laughs> it, it got the, it was the only, I think it's like the second time in any movie where Joe and I just like turned around and looked at each other. <laughs> and like totally took a break from the movie. Like, are you, just to like make sure that we weren't the only one witnessing it. We're not the only ones irritated by this, are we? <laughs> well, clearly I wasn't. <laughs> where was I at? Not irritating. It's just, like, I, it's not irritating. It's just a, this is a funny moment of the human nature that people are like, yep, this is the time I'm doing this. And this is the kind of moment for me, like the Prometheus moment, where I would have gotten up at the end of the movie and cursed the person out. <laughs> you did that during Prometheus? Didn't I yeah, tell you about that? The, yep, I think big I girl. Yeah. yeah I she had remember. the fan and the popcorn. Okay, the opening scene shows Poe Dameron and the droid BB-8 are flying over the First Order's dreadnought as General Hux orders his men to fire upon Poe and the Resistance bases. A Resistance's base. Other fighters head in for the attack, 
Poe orders a fighter, Paige, to drop the payload onto the Dreadnought. The fighter takes heavy hits, and Paige is knocked away from her remote. With mere moments before the First Order obliterates the Resistance, Paige is able to grab the remote and drop all their bombs down on the Dreadnought, completely destroying it at the cost of her life. The rest of the fighters go into hyperspace to escape. This is our opening. What did you think? Nice space battle. It was good. It was very good. I love the comedic timing between Poe and Hux. That was hilarious. You like that? Can you hear me? Can he, can he not hear me? I'm on hold. Uh, <laughs> Holding for General Hux. I've, I'm sorry. I thought of, I I was laughing out loud. No, that was hilarious. I loved it. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, I heard, I've heard a lot of people crap on this scene. It's because they don't have a sense of humor. Well, it's also well. Star Wars has never been this type of funny though. Like this is a modern day joke. Yeah, you're right. This was this is a Verizon joke. This was very much like the like the hybrid of when you watch the Family Guy Star Wars. Yeah, where Peter sits down, like the everything's fine here. Thank you. How are you? And then the other person starts talking. I was going to say, how, that's exactly what I was no. going to say. I don't see it as more modern. I see it as the same as what Han Solo did in uh, with TK four two one. I think what people forgot though is when they when they're watching that scene, he's doing that. What you see is they keep cutting to his uh, gauge for his speed. Yeah. yeah, and it's filling up. If you keep looking at your friend, going, "Why are we watching this?" and you keep missing that scene, then it is just comedy, and you don't get why he's doing it. Yeah, he, and I like how the guy goes, "Oh, he's just tooling with you." <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir, he's tooling with you, sir. <laughs> and Hux still doesn't get it. That's what's great. Yeah, yeah. And I know Sam had an issue with Hux in this, but Sam has issues with everything. Well, yes. Oh, been... I don't like Hux. You don't like Hux? Yeah, that'll get to my uh, maybe my number two. No, I'll say it now. I don't like his face. <laughs> it doesn't make my bottom three, but I don't like his face. <laughs> so he's he's your Jimmy Fox. Jimmy, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't plan on seeing Hux in any other movie. Well, Sam, what did you think? <laughs> General Hux was very Hitler-esque in the first movie. Yes. He was dominant. In this movie, they turn him into a comedic little bitch. I have to agree. He's not wrong. I don't know if he was dominant. I mean, yes, he was Hitler-esque, but as far as dominant? Yeah. I feel like he was just as squealy as just as not scary. I think Ryan Johnson just acknowledged what we all thought after Force Awakens was... He is trying to sound scary, but I'm not actually scared of him. And I guess I wish... Which is what Hitler was. Like, Hitler sounds scary. Yeah. But, like, when you watch him on screen as a modern audience member... Now, if you lived in the 1930s and 1940s, of course you're like, holy cow, this guy is terrifying. But we laugh at him. Like, we look at him and we laugh. And I feel like when I watch Force Awakens, if you watch Hux, yes, he's trying to be very much that authoritarian figure, but he's laughable. Ryan yeah. Johnson just proved that he's laughable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the plan? Like, Poe turns off the comm link to Leia and basically sacrifices all the bombers to kill one dreadnought when in the alley, it doesn't matter in the long run anyway. Well, to that point, would the bombers have all died anyway because you lost the ship? So... Yeah, you're right. So you lose the ship taking out the dreadnought. Fast forward, later you'll lose the ship by driving it through another sh- by <laughs> through Snoke's battleship. So those bombers, they're gone either way. Yeah. So at least this time they went out in style. <laughs> that was a cool scene, though. It was a cool scene. The Very light cool. speed breakup. Oh yeah. Plus, I'm not gonna lie. At one point, when she kept knocking the ladder, I honest to God thought she was like gonna force pull it. 
Well, I, I the, don't know why. I'm like, she's going to force pull that remote down. I thought the necklace she had was actually the Jedi symbol. I thought it was a KOTOR symbol for a second. I don't think it is. I need to see the movie again, but well, I thought for a second it was a symbol out of KOTOR. But then, of course, you see the le- scene later, and you get it's the yin and the yang and all that. But yeah. I did. I wondered if it was like an ancient like guardian of the wills thing. Which well, now the Journal of the Will... Well, no, it does exist because Ray saved... Never mind, I'm getting ahead of us. Aboard the First Order <laughs> ship, a hologram of Snoke reprimands Hux for failing to stop the evacuation. Kind of throws him around the entire I was going to say, he didn't do the reprimand and he gave him a bloody lip. Hux gets his ass kicked in this whole movie. Well, more his face. Yeah. Well, that and at the end, Kylo throws him against the control panel when he's about to go leave the at-at. Like I said, his face... <laughs> It's kicked in. Uh, Kylo Ren enters the meeting. Snoke notes that, in spite of Kylo killing his father, Han Solo, he may still turn to the light side of the Force. Although Kylo protests, and Snoke has the line of, take that silly thing off your head. <laughs> nice job, Snoke. I was going to say, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Yeah, Snoke doesn't have faith in him. On his way down the elevator, Kylo smashes his helmet to pieces in rage. This is the first time we're seeing Snoke in person. What do you think of the guy? Joel? Um... Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting to see him so soon. I thought that it was going to be a lot like, what is it, all the Marvel movies where you don't know who okay. James Brolin is for whatever, I don't know, <laughs> for like 12 movies. I yeah. thought they were just going to leave him a mystery forever. He's Thanos! Uh, oh, my God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly thought, oh, there, there might be a connection. Everyone owns everybody now. JC, what did you think of Snoke? Mm-hmm. I wasn't scared of him. No? I was, I Even was, when no. he shoots the lightning at Kylo? No, because here's the thing. I still don't understand why Kylo was so scary. With this new trilogy, we're just sort of told, like, here they are, and there's no reason for me to fear this guy. It would literally be like somebody just walking in here and being like, ha-ha, you should fear me, and then he throws a couple knives around. I'm like, great, you're good with knives. I'm not that scared of you. I'll just stay out of the way of the knife. And the other thing that I find kind of interesting is, so he really is pissed at Kylo Ren, but he... Everything Kylo Ren has done is for what he wants. I, I don't know. I don't care about Snoke. Like, I was interested, but I kind of agree with Joel in that, like, they if they wanted us to care about Snoke, they needed to, like, dangle it a little bit more. But Ryan Johnson, like, instantly made us realize, yeah, he's pointless. I didn't think he was pointless from the beginning, but it was a very instant, huh, not as big as I thought. But, like, I mean, he's there because, like, once he's gone, it's like, okay, well, who's in charge now? Because Kylo's still a kid. He obviously doesn't have control over himself, and he keeps getting tempted by this girl from the desert, and so it's like, well, who, like, who, in the original trilogy, we just, like, there was Darth Vader, and we knew he was bad boy, and we knew he was the bad boy to beat. At this point, I don't, like, Snoke is the bad guy. So when he goes, like, okay, well, now I'm excited for the next movie, because I don't really know who the bad guy is, because I still don't fully believe in Kylo. I think he's, like, Louisville football. Like, I think he's... (laughs) I think he's good I, for a little while, but I'm not afraid of him. I 100 No, I, I totally agree with Joel. I totally agree with him in that I'm not scared of Kylo, but I never thought of there has to be somebody else. For me, I agree with both of you guys that, and, that Kylo Ren is not the most evil thing we've ever seen. Well, he's very tormented. He's very both sides. He doesn't know where he falls in this thing. He leaves. Uh, he, we learn later on. He's he's left Luke at probably the most inopportune time to figure out what he's going to do. And Snoke's not going to give him any training whatsoever. This this movie was about Kylo Ren finally taking the final step towards the evil. We thought it was Han Solo. It turns out that wasn't even enough 
because when he finally takes out Snoke, that's when he takes the, the mantle. I agree. Does that cheapen? I think that Snoke cheapens it to manipulate Kylo. Because Kylo, yeah. as soon as he gets in that elevator, he realizes, I killed my own father for this guy, and it wasn't enough. And that's when he goes batshit crazy. Yeah. It's for Kylo's benefit where he goes, you, yeah, you killed your dad. Who cares? You know? Kylo obviously did. That was a big moment for him. And for that right there, for that not to be enough, at that point, he's going, I'm usurping this guy at some point. He does not. I'm done with him. I guess, and the funny thing is, is this is a great discussion we just had, but when I said this is the first time we're seeing Snoke, what'd you think? I meant, like, the first impression, not let's talk about his entire role in the movie. <laughs> but, like, I like the CGI. I thought that looked good. <laughs> I thought the way he moved looked really good. Even the facial stuff, like, as he moves, he gets angry. You see, like, the cheek oh, well, twitching a little bit. Literal thinkers. Come on, man. Like- I know. It was a great discussion. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Meanwhile, former Stormtrooper Finn wakes up from his coma after his lightsaber battle with Kylo. Poe finds him and is happy to see him. The first thing Finn asks is for Ray. Well, that's true. But no, got to remember what BB-8 says. Naked guy leaking fluids. (laughs) (laughs) They blow a fuse? They've had this big space battle, and the first thing BB-8 says is naked guy leaking fluids. And I was like, what are you talking about? Which, again, I like that humor. How about BB-8 in the X-Wing? Uh, fixing everything with all of his little fingers. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Which is sad because I loved R2-D2, but BB-8 has clearly surpassed R2-D2. Did you expect Finn to be a little more damaged than he is in this film? I he, can't remember how he ended like, the last He movie. threw a lightsaber up the back. Like, Well, how long has he been in a backed tank? We don't know, and that's shit. It's powerful stuff. We know this. This movie is supposed Space to take fantasy. place minutes after the Starkiller base incident because they're evacuating that planet right away to get the hell out of there. Hold, that's a problem as far as the storyline goes because mm-hmm. then if it is minutes after, then the whole Luke and the eight-hour thing does not line up. I wouldn't even say minutes. I'd probably say seconds because what did we end uh, The Force Awakens on? Ray handing Luke the lightsaber, and then let's like we can go into that right now. Everything Ray and Luke do together as, like, one set of time periods. The day and night, day and night, day and night. Exactly, all of that, and then tie it to eight hours? Like, remember, they talk about the gas mileage on this thing. There's only, no like, eight, eight hours left on them. Well, like, how do you have an eight-hour space battle when I'll tell you. You they're tell going you? through, like, a week? Can we tell you? Yeah. Black holes. Black Gravity. holes. Gravity. We're going to go Interstellar. I watched Don't Interstellar not too long ago. <laughs> and wash and away the rain. There is, it is possible, if you're traveling at light speed, perhaps... All of that space battle takes point. It, Ray could have been on that island for months. Ray has just arrived on the planet Octo with Chewbacca and R2-D2 on the Millennium Falcon to find Luke. She hands him his lightsaber, <laughs> and he just throws it over his f-ing shoulder <laughs> like it doesn't f-ing matter. What? <laughs> I thought this was hysterical the first time I saw it. Yeah, so funny. It would have meant more to me if he just held it and then just dropped it on the ground in front of him and walked away. Confused, as we all are, Ray follows Luke, but he doesn't want to see her or know who she is and why she has sought him out. She tells him that Leia sent her to him. Chewie breaks down the door to Luke's hut. Luke then asks Chewie where Han is. Now, when the door blew in, I thought that was Ray that did it. I did, too. When I saw it, I'm like, damn. Girl's got some Force skills. power. <laughs> Girl power. But Chewbacca kicks it in, and uh, Luke asks Chewie where Han is. Now, this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. 
<laughs> Did you like the way it turned out? If I'm being honest, instantly, I was like everybody else. I'm like, how the, how the hell did he not feel through the force? So when he first asked, like, what happened to Han, in the back of my head, I'm like, come on, Luke. Yeah. Like, what the hell? But as we find out later, Luke had cut himself off from the force. So then once you find out that Luke had cut himself off from the force and could not feel the force, the conversation with Chewie makes a whole lot more sense. But if I'm being honest, when I first heard that, I had a WTF moment. Joel, how'd you like it? Um, I mean, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I didn't. This wasn't a scene that really just like stuck out to me to where I like remembered it later. Yeah, we fly on back to the to the resistance here. Leia demotes Poe after slapping him across the face as a result of his actions with the dreadnought. Those rings would have hurt. Moments later, the first order ship catches up to the resistance after tracking their hyperspeed. The through hyperspeed, the first which apparently is alluded to in Rogue One. Ludicrous speed. It is. <laughs> Uh, the First Order deploys their TIE fighters to attack. Kylo flies in in his own TIE fighter and prepares to launch the killing strike against the Resistance leaders. But he pulls back after sensing Leia on board. The other TIE fighters fire upon them, causing a blast that sucks the rebel leaders into space to their deaths. Leia pulls herself back to the ship using the Force, but she goes unconscious. Now, i got a couple questions here. With the anger that Kylo left Snoke's throne room with, are you surprised he pulled back on the trigger? No. No, okay. I'm not. Because, and any boy that doesn't say this is a heartless, cold person, which, yes, that's what Kylo was supposed to be. So had Kylo killed his mom, that would have cemented that he was the horrible person that Joel and I are actually supposed to be scared of. But because he didn't, he's like any other boy. You're not going to mess with your mama. I think as we could talk about later on with Ray, and we'll get to the Snoke-Ray-Kylo thing later on. They are at the exact same point in each other's lives. They don't know what their place is. They're teetering on the light in the dark. And one is going to make the turn to the light. One's going to make the turn to the dark in that moment. This moment lets you see that there is the light there instead of just being told, oh, there's still light in them. I can feel it. Like Luke said in Return of the Jedi, we had never seen the light before in Darth Vader at that point. How do you, so this was an example of, oh, now we can all see the light in Kylo right now, that he's going to back off a little bit. Which is why we needed the prequels. We needed to know there was some light invaders. So we don't see light invader in four, five, and six. Now Leia pulls her Leia pulls herself using the force. This is a controversial scene in this movie. Why? Because of how it's how it looks. Why? Because she looks like Mary Poppins flying through the air. It's a sixty-six year old woman on a wire. What else were they gonna do with her? I will say this. I think it's probably easier for her to do that than Mary Poppins because gravity is a lot stronger on Earth than it is in space. <laughs> He's not wrong. Interstellar. Depending on, depending on how close they are to the black hole that took Ray to see Luke. I know that myself, I yeah. don't know how else they could have done it. Uh, this is how you save her. No, but I'm just confused as to what's the controversy. What did they want it to look like? Just something, I don't know, something that didn't look as silly. So then that's where I just, like, I don't see what was I know you yeah. don't, but there are people out there, there's a lot of people who have talked about this scene. They're wrong. <laughs> I'm listening, Joe. <laughs> Only because you told me about the book where Yoda's like, I want to train her. That's the only reason I believe that. If I didn't know about that, I would have been mad as hell. Thank you, Sam. I thought it was a cool idea. We finally get to use, see her use the Force. We didn't know she could. Right. And now we see her use it and apparently can save, your, save him from death. 
She can save people from death. What? what? She's dead in space. No, it's Kanan from Rebels. What? She does the same thing that Kanan had to do in Rebels. When Darth Maul kicks Kanan out, Kanan is out in space for about a minute. And he is able to not lose consciousness, and he surrounds himself, and he gets himself back in. And he and Pablo Hidalgo was specifically asked about this in a Rebels Recon, which is a YouTube series that sort of follows up to it. And he flat out said, Jedi, because we also saw it in Clone Wars with the uh, horn guy. Crap, what is his name? Horn guy. He's the guy that Krampus. Found- no, he's Krampus. The- <laughs> Ah, uh, you guys are so helpful. He is, he's, he's the Jedi that found Ahsoka. I don't remember. Plo Koon? Plo Koon, thank you. Oh, wow, I got that right. Uh, Plo Koon did it whenever they were lost in the capsules going after the Leviathan and all of that stuff. So we've, we have two instances in the past of Jedi being thrown out into space in the vacuum, and they're able to survive for five minutes. How is anybody supposed to know that? By watching Rebels and the Clone Wars. <laughs> That's a thing. Most people aren't. <laughs> so then then you can't... Here's the problem. Then who's getting upset about that? Is it fanboys getting upset? Fanboys getting... Cause they, then how are they fanboys if they don't know that this has happened? Dude, you're and, getting angry with me. I'm just letting sorry. you know what the, what the people are saying out there. I've watched a lot of videos on this, and this is always coming up. And do I think it could have been framed better? I don't know how better it could have been framed, honestly. I don't know how better it could have been filmed. No, I I think they filmed it the best they they could with Carrie Fisher. Let's be honest about what Carrie Fisher is physically able to do. Yes. So take that into account. And then as far as the believability of it, yeah, go watch Clone Wars and go watch Rebels. This is why I put this is a controversial scene. We had controversy here for no reason. (laughs) Ray and Kylo begin to feel a connection in which they can see and communicate with each other. With Luke still not wanting to have anything to do with the Force or the Jedi, R2 plays him Leia's original message to Obi-Wan Kenobi to persuade Luke to help. From the first Star Wars film, A New Hope. That's a low blow. Luke senses Rey's power and eventually agrees to give her three lessons in the way of the Jedi and why it must end. Now, before I let you go here, I should note, for all the people out there that are complaining about how this movie is very similar to the last movie, or Return of the Jedi... This is how they got Obi-Wan and A New Hope to join the cause. R2's hologram. They even used the exact same hologram. <laughs> okay, now that we're past that, you had something to say? I was just going to say for R2-D2, and scene. Because that, <laughs> yeah. that was it. That was done. And scene. And career. <laughs> yeah. No, he has one more scene. He's on the Falcon because he does his little wiener trick in the, in the oh, thing on the Falcon. Oh, does he do the super penis? Yes. Okay. Uh, Luke and R2 are reunited. Thoughts? This is a good feeling, right? It was a cool scene. It was. Uh, this is, it's really cool to see Mark Hamill say, R2? It was. Like, oh, look, they're back. And I love, I love the exchange of these two when he says, uh-uh, sacred island, watch your language. <laughs> this entire- like R2 said, like, we're here on the shitty island. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, at this point of the movie, it is more of Mark Hamill playing his character from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> Cockknocker. <laughs> Supposed to be portraying Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it isn't until much later in the movie that, like, I feel, or even like, this is a small part of it, mm-hmm. but where Luke Skywalker actually comes out. Yeah. You just turn, it's just, it's a very funny, sarcastic, old man Skywalker, which the entire time I was not thinking of the original trilogy, Luke Skywalker. I was purely thinking of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Mark Hamill. This might be my favorite movie as a whole with Luke. Just as, as Luke as a character. 
He's so funny, and then he's just so good. I agree. He's I agree not, He's not whiny. Yeah. No. He's been so whiny in the other movies. I was talking to one of the other teachers, and she was like, I never really liked Luke because he's so whiny. I said, then you will probably like this movie because he's the opposite of the Luke that he's been in the past. And no, I love he, it. He's, I'm going to take, take that ball, kids, and you can go play in your other yard. Yep. yep. Uh, Ray and Kylo being connected telepathically. This is a cool use of the Force. We've never seen this before. A new way of using the Force. So I thought that was a nice little introduction to it. I liked it. I liked the uh, Force telephone. Yeah, and I also like the fact that they cut out the sound to do it. Like, all the sound shuts off, and you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> uh, with Leia out of commission, Vice Admiral Holdo assumes p- command of the Resistance. Meanwhile, Finn attempts to hop on an escape pod. He is found by mechanic Rose Tico, who is mourning Paige, her sister. Rose is a big fan of Finn, seeing him as a Resistance hero. And I love Finn in this scene, where he's like, may the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs> However, she zaps him with her uh, she zaps him with her taser when she realizes he's trying to escape. Finn notes that the first order is tracking him them through hyperspeed and they can't make another jump because they are dangerously low on fuel and the first order will find them anyway. People need to realize, yes, you have your opinions on Rose and Finn and that whole story, but this scene, this scene is so important because of how Ryan Johnson ends the film. This scene is important because the whole point of Last Jedi is get rid of the old heroes, realize there's new heroes. Let's just, let's get that out of the way. The point of Last Jedi is there are new heroes. We are now going to fight the First Order with the new heroes. The problem is, is the new heroes didn't see themselves as heroes. Look at Finn's instant reaction. I'm not a hero. And then he's like, he didn't do anything in The Force Awakens anyway. And then like, okay, I'm going to fake to be a hero because they don't know what to do. How, how do you act when you're suddenly a hero? How do you act and all this? And so as much as people hate that interaction, Finn and Rose's story ends up being incredibly important because you realize you take fanboy who looks up to hero with the actual hero who does not recognize themselves as a hero. How would they actually interact with each other? And there's people that say, oh, she fell in love so fast. She thought he was a hero. And she's a mechanic. And she's obsessed with him. So all she has is, as Joel just said, she's a mechanic. She has she her own she, thoughts. She's in her own head. She all says the she time. talks to metal pipes all day. Yeah, exactly. So I. She was doing talking with him. I don't yes. do talking with hero, <laughs> resistance heroes. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I found this an incredibly important scene, and but I, I didn't fully understand its importance until you get to the end of the movie. We get two new characters. We get Admiral Holdo. Yeah. Played by Laura Dern, who I thought was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know I've heard people say, well, we're getting a Hunger Games vibe because our hair is different color. Guys, get over Hunger Games, okay? It's a Star Wars, okay? Everybody's got different color hair. <laughs> I agree with you. This is, I like this scene with Rose and Finn. I like the, I wish that Finn would have been more articulate in saying why he was leaving was to get the, the signal away from the ship so Ray doesn't return back to the decimation that's about to happen. I'm sure if he had said something like that, she might have been like, she may have even helped him. Yeah, exactly. I do like that. I like the. I like her fanning out. Uh, yeah, I I liked it. I, I also like her as a character. It's just where the story goes that I start to teeter a little bit with choices that are made. So, okay. Uh, with Poe's help, they contact Maz Kanata for assistance, but she's in the middle of a fierce battle. She does tell them that she knows a code breaker on Cantobite that can help them, and they need to find him wearing a particular symbol. How does Poe know Maz Kanata? Maybe Poe didn't call. Maybe Poe made the call at Finn's request. 
Maybe Finn was like, hey, we need to ask Maz about this. Poe says, I know someone, and sh- he calls. Oh. Uh, yeah. And also. MacGuffin. Also, Maz Kanata, I have to bring this up. It looks silly. The hologram looks silly. Yeah, she was hammed into the movie. And she was one of the, she was the Yoda-like character in the last movie. And they made a joke out of her in this one. And it's like, okay, you're taking everything I loved about Force Awakens and you're tearing it apart. I get that. Yeah, I see that. And it's not an expectation thing. It's a story thing. Yeah. We, we talked about how they have to explain certain things in this, and they don't explain anything we, we, we end up talking about later on. No, they don't. Yeah. Ray's first lesson. Now, mind you, he says there's three, right? Yep. Okay. Ray's first lesson sees Luke attempting to show her to feel the force and control it. Let's just talk about how awesome this is. Reach out. <laughs> you feel it? You feel the force? It's really strong, isn't it? <laughs> That's the force. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> It was very Yoda-esque. Yes. It was very Yoda-esque. Yeah, but I love how Mark Hamill looks at her looks at her hand when she's outstretched. She's like, you've got to be kidding me. I should have said with my feelings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's been teaching. He, he's missed this. I don't know. I still he, say stuff every day that I'm like, well, didn't know I had to explain that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, though, that when you studied in college, though, you probably read all the Jedi texts or all the teaching texts. He apparently did not. Mm. That's skin. <laughs> Ray is able to see visions and manipulate small pebbles as she achieves balance. However, she soon sees a vision of herself being pulled toward a dark pit, with Luke trying to break her out of it. The pit spews water and snaps Ray out of the vision. Luke says she saw the dark side of the force, and she didn't even try to stop herself. He tells her he has seen something like this once before, and it didn't scare him then as it does now. This is why he considers the ways of the Jedi to be a failure. Now, Luke uses the same methods as Yoda to teach Rey. Yoda saw darkness in Luke just like Luke sees it in Rey. Luke mentions three lessons. What are they? I counted two. Uh, I've only seen the movie once, so I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) The first one was the feel of the force. Yeah. The second one was the hubris of the Jedi. Yep. There's no third lesson. That the force is... Because she leaves. She leaves before her training is complete. Are you saying the field of the, force? The training is the... cannot just be three lessons. I'm just saying she <laughs> left. She left before his training was complete. Are you saying like that first lesson was that the force isn't actually a thing? It's the in between. Yes. Okay. The upside down. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the upside down. <laughs> I wasn't keeping count. I'm gonna be honest. This is very. I mean, when I go see it tomorrow with the wife, I'll I'll count. But, yeah. yeah, I can only think of those two. Uh, Finn, Rose, and BB-8 arrive at a casino on Canto Bight. Rose hates the place because it's home to the 1%, a number of rotten people who take pleasure in misdeeds. The trio find the master codebreaker playing at a table, but the heroes get captured and thrown in a jail cell for illegally parking their ship. New environment, Canto Bight. It looks nice. It, this is one scene where I'm like, this was fisted into the movie because they needed nice. a cantina scene. But also, like that's what they needed. They wanted a cantina scene. That's I know all this scene was for. I also know that Ryan Johnson said, we've always seen the dark places in the universe. We've never seen the bright, what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So this is the other side of it. I mean, people could also argue, well, you need it because of the Force Kids later. But still, like, I don't, it was an expensive scene. And all of the sets and everything, like, that was expensive for, like, what, 10 minutes a movie? I, yeah. If that. Yeah, if only they could make that money back. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. They might. I don't know. 
Oh, it's so good. Can a billion and a half dollars cover that? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, when, when you hear that it's the most, it's full of the worst people in the universe, and you realize it's, it's all rich people, okay, I get what you're trying to say. I get it. So if you have money, you're evil. If you have money, you're evil. Thank you for putting your policy into my program now. How dare you, Joel? I, I, do. <laughs> I don't have money. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I don't know. I mean. It felt like when at the end of Revenge of the Sith, uh, Obi-Wan directly quotes George W. Bush. Oh, no, Anakin does. Anakin does. <laughs> Anakin does. If you're not with me, you're against me. Okay. And I didn't realize it was a George W. quote. Well, when, that was around the time that we were going to war with Iraq. And if you're with them, you're against us. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. And it was like, that, come on. That's a bullshit play. You don't need to do this. Just because you're against the war doesn't mean you're for the other side. Thank you, Lewis Black. But they do a very smart thing in this. They tell the viewer, guess what? These war profiteers are profiteering from both Both sides. sides. Yeah. I did like that part. That was a cool twist. Uh, thank you, DJ, for showing some relevance in this movie. Who, who, who are these guys making money off of? Yeah. Uh, in their cell, because they get arrested, uh, Finn and Rose meet a stuttering scoundrel named DJ. Uh, he overhears the two of them meeting a, needing a code breaker, and he offers his services. Well, that's kind of nice that they had, haven't had one in the jail cell. Okay, so when we meet him, I was like, that looks a lot like Benicio Del Toro, because I didn't look anything up about, it, about this movie. Yeah. Like, it looks like a mix of Benicio Del Toro mixed with Andy Serkis. I was like, this just looks like a mix of the two people. <laughs> He's thinned out. And then when I saw the, uh, well, I was like, well, Serkis does, like, crazy stuff. But I was like, it looks a lot like Benicio Del Toro, but they did a good job with the makeup, whatever. And then at the end of the credits, I saw Andy Serkis's name. Mm-hmm. And I said, holy cow, I don't know how they made Serkis look like Benicio <laughs> Del Toro, but they did a really good job. <laughs> and I didn't know until right now, because, I again, for Star Wars, I didn't, Listen I to don't, any of the news that we reported? <laughs> no. no I, I don't. I don't. I told you, like, when I hear Star Wars news, I just zone out because I love going in empty. I don't read the news. So then just go to the bathroom beforehand. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> when I saw the Circus of Snoke, I was like, like, just now, I was yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. Because I did not see Snoke as Circus because, again, like I just said, Circus does a really good job at disguising his face. Yes. Called Until Black Panther. Mo-cap. No, but you can still, like, what? go after him. Do it. <laughs> no, not worth it, because it's going to be a pun in return. They fight guards on the way out with the help of BB-8 and ride massive creatures called Fafiers as they stampede through the casino to get away. Finn and Rose's ship is destroyed, but BB-8 and DJ bring them another one to make their escape. What do you think about this scene? This is my fast-forward part. Yeah, unfortunately, once you've seen it once, you get the point of the scene. The point of the scene is that you need to be introduced to these kids so you'll care about these kids later. Like, that's the point of this Rose scene. and Finn. No, like the kids, because you meet the Little kids slave when, you, boys. when you save the Fathiers. When they save the Fathiers, they run into all the slave kids. And those are the slave kids that you see at the end of the movie, so you have to be introduced to them ahead of time to care. But that's the thing. If you don't have that scene at the end which you could lop it off and be fine, unless they show up in episode nine. So that's what I, so well, what do I think about this scene? Yeah, this scene was it sponsored c- by PETA. It could, it could be <laughs> more powerful once we see nine. It, or it could be completely throwaway, as we kind of feel about it right now. Yeah, Finn says, uh, kind of makes it all worth it. When they look back and they see the destruction, she goes, 
hold on. And she unstraps the straddle and lets the other father ear go. She goes, now it was worth it. Yeah, that was stop a, it. That was a PETA moment. Yeah, stop it right now. Okay, uh, that and that those things right there. This Canto bite sequence, and I'm gonna say something that I don't fully agree with, but I think you'll understand the tone of it. Was the most prequelish part of this entire movie. I get what you're saying. I appreciate the prequels for what they were, but just didn't feel sometimes Star Wars. Star Warsy. It didn't feel Star Warsy. Um, it felt fisted in. Fisted. Gross. Luke mentions that the last time he saw Kylo Ren as a student, he had attempted to kill him by collapsing his hut on him. As Rey and Kylo connect, continue to connect, Kylo tells Rey that Luke saw the power growing in Kylo and had attempted to get rid of him before he got stronger. Do you like this twist? I love the twist that you have. Luke only tells Rey what he thinks she needs to hear. Kylo says the extreme version, which, like, from his viewpoint, his uncle tried to kill him. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to run away. Then you realize the actual truth is... Homeboy made a mistake. Like, Luke saw something, panicked, reacted in his panic, which is not the way of the Jedi. No. Panicked, reacted, and then realized his mistake. But by the time he realized his mistake, Ben was already awake. And so you have literally that moment changes history. Holdo starts to set in motion plans to evacuate the Resistance ship to a nearby Resistance stronghold, the planet Crate. Poe believes she is doing something wrong, and he attempts to stage a mutiny. Before his plans can go into effect, Leia appears after waking up, and she incapacitates Poe. Stun gun. <laughs> Leia allows Holdo's plan to go ahead. What do you think, Holdo? Why, why didn't she tell Poe the plan? This, this is my, my biggest problem with the whole movie. Okay. Honestly, my biggest problem with the whole movie Like, is what was there to gain there by holding that information There was back? no reason not to tell Poe. I have no idea why Ryan Johnson did this. I don't understand the point of it. I don't know why there needed, other than, like, he needed there to be friction. Like, we needed to not like the person that took over for Leia. We needed to love Poe. We needed to hate Holdo. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what we needed. But once you, it's like, she could have just said, we're not going to do anything rash and stupid because you're a fighter pilot. Because see that big rock over there? We're slowly flying towards it because there's a giant armor base that's going to protect us. Yeah. We just have to exist long enough to get there. And then Poe could be like, oh, well, what if I go, like, annoy them? Like, why don't I go jump on my X-Wings and just go annoy them for a couple hours so they're not constantly bombarding you? You take all oh. the guns out again. You mean we could actually work together and maybe lengthen our possibility for survival? Nah, let's keep him in the dark mm. and like make a whiny-ass story out of it. But if, no, this made no sense to me at all. I agree what you all are saying. I, I do agree that, that, yeah, that would be easier. But it's also a movie. Um, and, I mean, do you tell every student that you have exactly why something's happening? Or at some point after they've like done the opposite, done the opposite so many times, you're like, because I said so. Like, I should not have to explain myself because she is the captain. Of, she's king of the castle. She shouldn't have to keep explaining herself. Lord of the Manor? To, yeah, king of the castle. You, of I, the I have a chair. And, like, <laughs> he, she, I mean, I'm going to say, like, she, she shouldn't have to explain it to him. Like, he shouldn't, when she tells him not to do something, he shouldn't do it. And that's coming more from a, uh authoritative section and... Being like, hey, people should just respect their superiors. I Again, would the movie have made more sense? In real life, would they probably have said, hey, this is what we're doing? Yes. But 
she's Princess Leia, she doesn't have to explain anything to the fighter pilot we technically met like 15 minutes ago. You mean Holdo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Holdo, yeah. Ray confronts Luke over what Kylo told him. They engage in a brief fight before she asks if he, if he really tried to kill Kylo. Luke explains that he sensed nothing but great darkness in Kylo with no hope of him turning back. He did consider killing him, but backed out of it, only for Kylo to see him with the lightsaber and respond with a counterattack. A third telling of the same story, I, I hear Obi-Wan. So what I said was true from a certain point of view. We get three different points of view of this story. Sorry, I felt... I was, yeah. So, yeah, this, this is the whole, people complain about the point of view thing. This, these are your perspectives right there. Kylo saw one thing. Luke reacted a different way. But when you're at, I love when he says, and all I saw was the eyes of a scared boy. Yep. And that fear, we know where that's going to lead. Yep. So, I love that scene. I, I love the final shot of it and how it turns out. Yep. Um, Ray decides to leave Octo with Chewie and R2. So how many lessons did we get? Luke walks. I bet the third one is a cutscene. Ooh, there you go. Okay. Luke walks. Maybe the lesson is the end of the movie. Oh, hey. this whole thing has been your lesson. Very deep. Thank you. Luke walks by the tree containing sacred Jedi texts when he is met by a familiar face, Yoda, <laughs> and it's Puppet Yoda. Yeah! <laughs> it was Puppet Yoda. He destroys the tree with a lightning bolt to Luke's dismay, so apparently, hey, they can use the Force. Force yeah. ghosts can use the Force. Which is kind of nice to know. Yeah. Uh, Yoda's spirit tells Luke to help Rey before she is also lost to the dark side. Luke considers himself a failure, but in the words of Yoda, the greatest teacher failure is. Did you like Yoda being a puppet again? Yes. Or did you want to see Yoda be CGI again? Nope. I liked Puppet Yoda. I like Puppet Yoda. Okay. I'm going to be the dissenter. I like to keep guy Yoda. Of course you did, because you're weird. Uh, Yoda asks Luke if he read the sacred text, and Luke kind of stumbles on his answer before Yoda says, page turners, they were not. Does that mean Luke didn't read them all the way through? Perhaps then why he didn't do such a good job as a teacher. No, I think he, he meant he read them. He was just, I think he stumbled because he's like, okay, Yoda's testing me. Like, it's like that moment when, like, you know you've read the book, but then your teacher was like, well, did you notice blah, 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 blah? And you're like, like, you're suddenly, like, trying to remember, like, are they asking me about, like, page 36, paragraph 2, like, sentence 4? Like, that's what I took that as. <laughs> is he's like, Yoda's tricking me again. It's the master. And, the, like, Luke, I love the scene because Luke becomes a child again. Like, as soon as Yoda around, like, Luke becomes the student again. And Yoda clearly knows that Ray took the books out of that tree. Oh, yeah. He doesn't destroy the tree. And first of all, when he does this, I thought he was having a dark vision of Yoda. Oh, really? Yeah, when he shoots the lightning down, and then he turns back to Yoda, and Yoda is laughing maniacally. <laughs> with his knees going up, I was like, oh, my God, he's having a nightmare right now of Yoda. Destroying all this. And because the last time we saw goofy Yoda was Empire when he's playing Luke. Yeah. Why is he still playing Luke, then, in that regard? Why does he just tell him, the books are gone, dude? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I saw it as Yoda saying he didn't read all the books either. (laughs) He had 800 years. (laughs) Well, not all at once. (laughs) Page turners, they were not. No, that's a great line. (laughs) It's a great line. Let's be honest, what line of Yoda isn't great? Yeah, the whole uh, greatest teacher failure is going to be on a poster. warm feelings to my heart. (laughs) 
Meanwhile, Finn, Rose, and DJ make it to the First Order ship. Unfortunately, they are captured by Captain Phasma and her goons, with DJ having told the villains Finn and Rose's plan in order to gain monetary compensation a la Lando Calrissian. At the same time, Rey arrives, arrives, Rey arrives on the same ship and is taken prisoner by Kylo Ren. So here are the similarities. DJ is the Lando of this movie. Yep. Ray turns herself into Kylo the same way that Luke turns himself into Vader. And for the same reasons, there's good in him. She knows she can turn him back to good. Uh, Captain Phasma. Is this the most useless character? It's no. not. Who, 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 who's worse? Boba Fett. Boba Fett? Or any of the other bounty. Although the other bounty hunters have had, well, no, because now we know more about Boba Fett because of Clone Wars and all that stuff. What I'm not happy is Captain Phasma is just as useless as she's always been. That's true. As she's always been. Yeah. She's a silver dildo. Thank you, Sam. The fight that happens later on, we'll get to that, because I got... No, I know the most useless character. Who would it be? The puppet that Jabba had on his arm. Salacious Crumb? The little, like, creepy <laughs> thing. Yeah, that was the most useless character in Star Wars. That's the best impersonation I've ever done of that guy. That was really good, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Kylo bring okay I'm going to go back and forth on this because this is my biggest bone in the movie that I had to get over so it was a boner you got over a boner I got over Kylo brings Rey to Snoke Vader brings Luke to the Emperor Rey tries to get Kylo to abandon the dark side but Snoke taunts Rey as she tries to fight back Luke tries to get Vader to abandon the dark side, but the Emperor taunts Luke as he tries to fight back. Snoke reveals that he created the connection between her and Kylo in an attempt to destroy Luke. No similarity there. Thank you. <laughs> Snoke shows Rey the fleet being destroyed by the First Order. The Emperor shows Luke the fleet being destroyed by the Empire. Snoke attempts to get Kylo to kill Rey with his lightsaber, but Kylo uses Luke's lightsaber to impale Snoke and cut him in half. Emperor attempts to kill Luke, but Vader throws Snoke into a shaft, killing him. Those are the similarities that I had a big problem with. This thing was the exact same shot for shot. Eh, history's a circle. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I can't complain with that. I've used that excuse for Force Awakens, so I can't argue with it. Uh, Ray and Kylo then fight Snoke's soldiers and slaughter them all. Kylo, now fully taken over by the dark side, tries to get Rey to join him, but she refuses and tries to get him on the resistance side. Kylo attempts to manipulate Rey when mentioning her parents. Despite her trying to forget, her parents were just junk traders who sold her off. Rey eventually resists and leaves to rejoin the resistance while Kylo assumes his role as the new supreme leader. Do you think Snoke was taken out too soon? Yes. Yes. I do too. Uh, where do you think, where do you rank Kylo and Rey versus the Praetorian Guards in lightsaber fights? Second? No, no, not second. It's behind Obi-Wan and Anakin. Because Obi-Wan and Anakin is one. Then probably... Luke Vader Empire? No. I was going to say second is probably the Geonosis uh, fight when you see oh, all... Oh, Dooku. Well, all, no, not even the one-on-one. One -on -one. When you see all of the Jedi fighting the Geonosians for the first time, that's two. Then Luke and Vader is three. Darth Maul, number one. Yeah, then there's Damn, that's the Qui-Gon. Yeah. So that one's four. So, uh, no, that one's two. Pretty sweet. That one's, so th yeah, that bops. Uh, Maybe four down? 
Uh, Luke and Vader can't be four. So number one is Obi Wan Vader. Number two is Qui Gon, Darth Maul, and Obi Wan. Number three, three is Luke Vader. Luke Empire. and Vader, and then number four is the Geonosians, all of the Jedi, because that's like the first time you're like, tsh, 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 yeah. you see tons of Jedi for the first time. And then that's would, just cool. then would you say the Dooku, or would you put Praetorians over the Dooku? I put Praetorians. I okay. After the death of Snoke, shouldn't he have gone to the light like Vader did? What is his motivation to staying dark at this point? It seems like the thing that had turned him was finally eliminated. Kylo makes the choice himself between Snoke and Rey then. Oh, hold up. You may have just made Kylo a villain for me. Bingo. Because the fact that you're right, he has no reason to choose. So he chooses to be evil. Because, and the reason, he, why does he do it? Because then everything was for nothing. He killed his dad for nothing. He destroyed his family for nothing. Everything was for nothing. Mm -hmm. And so by killing, that was when, I'm still not scared of him. No. But, okay, no, him choosing to be supreme leader, that's what makes him ultimately evil. And he chooses. Which, to be fair, I think he's only doing that because he's terrified of his, what his uncle did to him. Probably. Luke still made Kylo Ren. Yeah. He chose. That is why he chose to do this. He chose to do this because he's terrified of his uncle. He hates his uncle. Mm -hmm. uh, this Ky is all Luke's fault. Kylo explains who Ray's parents are. Trailer trash. You sold her for beer money. Do you believe this? Uh, I don't want to. I don't believe it at all. I don't. I don't. I agree. I don't want to. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up to be true. But I don't want to. Yeah. But I. The problem is, is I'm conflicted. If if that's true, then it shows that powerful people can come from anywhere, and any of us could be a superhero. Which is that's a Disney method, or that's a Disney message. The Disney message is anyone can be a princess, anybody can be the prince. But which also brings more relevance to that final scene with the little kid yeah. in the broom. And I and I so I get that point of view. Me personally, we've said it a thousand times. Star Wars is the Skywalkers. Mm -hmm. I wanted her somehow to be connected to the Skywalkers. Not saying it would have been easy, not saying everybody would have been happy, but you said this already, Joe. Han recognized her. Maz Kanata yeah. recognized her. Everybody recognized her in Force of Force Awakens. She Fisher, uh Leia recognized her. She had to somehow be connected to the Kenobis or the Obi or the, the Luke Skywalkers somehow. So yeah. Do I want this to be true? No. Wouldn't surprise me if it is, but it also further proves clearly J.J. and Ryan weren't talking to each other. I'll say this. The only reason I think it's not true is because if you need one more reason to hate him, it's lying to Rey. Yeah. Uh, Anakin's lightsaber in The Force Awakens only went to Rey. How come it fights between Kylo and Rey now? Uh, yeah. That's a hard question. Uh, it like, made Ray seem like a chosen one almost, and now it's nah, not really. Like Harry Potter when the uh, wand's going back and forth between Voldemort and Harry. Yes. <laughs> so, so it's almost like JJ created a really cool instance where this shows a really powerful artifact choosing its successor, and then Ryan Johnson taking a big giant crap on that and being like, yeah, that wasn't such a big deal as you thought. Because mm -hmm. they're twins. Yeah. Twins, Basil. But they're not the same age. Twins, Basil. We don't have, do we know that? Yeah. 
I bet you could fake uh, some birth certificates on that. Uh, <laughs> on Jakku? On that dirty little planet, yeah. What? 100% there are fake birth certificates flying out of that place. My final question on this is, why would Kylo let her leave if she was such a threat? Well, did he? Because he was knocked out. Okay, did, he's knocked did, out before did then, she but... Ju- did she just come to before he did? If she's grabbing the lightsaber, why didn't he just grab his? Oh. There's still a little bit of good in him. Same reason he focused. didn't kill his mama. Because he, he's the dark side. You only see rage, and his rage was focused on this. Okay. Why did Vader lose to Obi-Wan when he was clearly the better person? Because rage makes you not aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Rage makes you powerful and not smart. Ooh, I like that line. I like that. That's a bumper sticker, my friend. Road rage makes you powerful, not smart. There you go. Dark side. Yeah. As the resistance fighters are making their way to crate, Hux's men start to fire upon the transports, killing heavy numbers of the resistance. Seeing no other option, Holdo sacrifices herself and rams the command ship at light speed into the first order ship, splitting it in two and destroying other nearby ships. Awesome use of light speed. <laughs> really was. Why do you think they didn't just do that at the beginning? <laughs> Evacuate a ship and use it to ram the dreadnought. Because then the super fans would be really pissed at this movie. Because yeah. it would have been short. Do you think Haldo's character was given enough story to warrant the sacrifice, though? No. Uh, I do a little bit. Because, I mean, you don't like her at all. Because you're cheering for Poe. Mm-hmm. And so you automatically don't like her because you want him to be the hero and you want him to get his, uh, you want him to get his little hero's goodbye and uh, be the right guy. But so you're, like, immediately against her. You're against her. She has purple hair, and you don't like that. And then she's like, oh, she's actually good. And so we get on Poe's side of, like, she's a bad guy. Why doesn't she just listen to me? And we find out at the end that she had it all under control the whole time. Yeah, this is a moment of the opposite of serendipity. Uh, Serenity? No, that's not it. (laughs) Because you have to imagine if they knew Carrie was going to pass away, this is the moment you put her in. To sacrifice herself, and then you have Holdo to take on the mantle. When but, they first did reshoots, do you think they tried to do that? Do you think they tried to somehow like superimpose? I bet they tried. Carrie Fisher onto Holdo to make that be her end. I bet they tried. And then I, they just realized they could make it work. The other thing they could have done is they could have taken one of the transport ships that's going away, and the first shot that goes, she flies the ship in to block it to get them all on their way. They could have, yeah, right. But then you miss. But then you need the line on. Crate. Crate, thank you. You miss the the reuniting of Luke and Leia. Yeah, and you need that. So, but if they had known ahead of time, that's where she goes. The light speed moment. Because it's poetic, it is beautiful, and it's, I think it's wasted on Holto. (laughs) I just realized, not only did Luke use the force to project himself across, he got those dice there. Oh, yeah. That apparently everybody could feel, even well, though it was a projection. But but they must not have been a projection. Because they were because they disappear it. in Kylo's hands. They do disappear in Kylo's hands. Yeah. Oh, for a second I was really impressed. Like he moved something <laughs> that was physical, made it not physical, and then made it physical again. That's really cool force power. <laughs> no, you're right. It does disappear in Kylo's hands. BB-8 having escaped the villain's clutches, commandeers an at-at armored walker to fire upon the First Order soldiers. Finn and Rose prepare to escape, but Finn battles Phasma until he overpowers her. She tells him he was always scum, to which he probably responds, rebel scum. The ship starts to come apart, and Phasma falls into the burning wreckage. Finn and Rose head off to meet the others on crate. Besides Boba Fett, 
Captain Phasma is the most underdeveloped character. Yeah. Jeez. Boba is Boba Fett underdeveloped. He gets like a whole like story arc in Clone Wars. I like Boba Fett. In the movies. Oh, well, if we're going that way, then Bosk. Bosk is way more underdeveloped. <laughs> Bosk is never named in the movies. See? <laughs> How underdeveloped could you get more than Bosk? And valid question. This is a question. This is a question I had earlier that we talked about, which was, do you think this seemed to have been better served in Episode Nine as a way to fully bring around Finn's story arc? And I think it would have. Yes. Yes. This is where Finn should have ended, and it's why I think his sacrifice at the end would have been better. But we save what we love, Joe. We save what we love. Least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> we agree on Rose. She's awful. <laughs> Falls in love apparently with traitors in three hours. <laughs> No, she talked about it for how many? Joel already explained this. She was working with pipes. She had nobody to talk to. So she has been infatuated with this guy for a long time. Not three hours. Probably since he first appeared on the ship 15 minutes before. (laughs) 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 Her surviving resistance fighters have dwindled to a few dozen or so. Kylo and Hux lead gigantic walkers to the Resistance Stronghold, armed with a battering ram cannon, which apparently is miniaturized Death Star tech, that will obliterate the entrance. Poe leads Finn, Rose, and a few others on speeders to fight back. I love how Poe kicks the the ground out from his ship. (laughs) He's like, guys, I know these ships are old, but what the hell? (laughs) Uh, Ray and Chewie come down with a falcon to draw away TIE fighters while Finn attempts to stop the cannon. He nearly flies head on until Rose crashes her ship into his to stop him. Finn goes to her and asks why she did it. She tells him they always fight for what they love. She kisses him and then passes out. Finn rushes back to the stronghold to get Rose medical attention. Let's be very clear. The scene is Hoth. There's no way to get around it. But when did Ray get on the Falcon? I don't know. No, she left. She left on the Falcon. How did the Falcon pick up Ray? If it's a cloaked thing, they couldn't get. Remember, they couldn't get in. To the ship. Chewie had the... No. Oh. I, I wondered that in the movie. I was like, I guess I'm just too dumb to have picked it up. But no, I don't yeah. know. My question was, where did all the TIE fighters go? Yeah. Well, she was being chased by like 30 TIE fighters, and then suddenly she's like, <laughs> they've landed, and like, they're moving rocks. She took I'm them like, all away, right? I'm like, where did oh, they go? Oh, she flew them into the Crystal Cavern. Uh, so all 30 of them died in the Crystal Cavern? Well, that's when we got the really cool music that you grabbed my leg on. I look down and JC's hand is on my leg. I was nervous and I needed comforting. When they show Finn flying towards the cannon, everyone else has stopped. Because you see, they go back and they see everyone's, except for one going ahead. Where did Rose come from? The side. But she wasn't on the side. I've watched it three times. <laughs> then movie magic. Movie magic. So the 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 Falcon and Rose, they can just apparate. It's it's Star it's Hogwarts at Star Wars. Rose saves Finn as the cannon blasts through the door. Rose has no idea that Luke Skywalker is about to walk out. So was this a smart move on Rose's part? Save Finn but sacrifice the people inside? You only save what you love, not who you don't like. So she doesn't like the rest of the people in there? Not as much as Finn. Come on, Joel. Have so, you never been in love? As what we learned from Rose then, according to that, she likes nobody except for Finn because she hates the people on Canto Bite and she hates the people in there. Just saying. <laughs> She's only met bad people. Yeah. But she loves But she only talks to pipes. That she knows for three hours and 15 minutes. I don't know the whole timeline. <laughs> how things have happened. Oh, 
looks so good. <laughs> when did they get news that a stormtrooper or whatever they're being called uh, left to join the resistance? How long have they had that news? Because well, otherwise, Kylo knows immediately. But how long does the girl in the in the mechanics room? So know? Th- she would have known before they held the meeting to go after Starkiller Base. Because Finn's story would have gotten around as soon as they finished the, the battle on Maz Kanata's planet. So as soon as that battle was over and they were flying back, stories about Finn probably were trickling right. around. So she would have known since then. But the only story would have been he left the Stormtroopers to become a part of us because he doesn't really do anything else in the Force Awakens to be heroic. Right, no. but like that's, that's pretty big, right? To completely turn your back and leave. The Which end. is what she says. Yeah, Joel's right. That's what she yeah. says is why she seems to be the So hero. the reason she's so... But then, but then she... First order. But then, but then she gives him shit because he's about to turn his back on them to do the same thing, and now it's a problem. Because we get pissed when our heroes aren't on the pedestals. We put them on, Joe. Tase them. T- <laughs> what the hell did you tase me with? Don't my tase ex- me, bro! <laughs> I tased you with my expectations. <laughs> The first okay. <laughs> the first order fires their cannon onto the stronghold. Poe and Leia appear hopeless with most of their comrades dead and their own doom approaching. Suddenly Leia is visited by Luke. The two siblings have a final meeting with Luke saying that quote, "Nobody is ever truly gone." Luke goes out to face the first order. Kylo orders the soldiers to fire everything on Luke where he stands. Even after the insane amount of firepower unleashed on Luke, he still stands and coolly brushes his shoulder off. Poe realizes Luke is distracting the villains to allow them to escape. The, follow, the fighters follow crystal wolves to an exit, only to be blocked by a huge pile of stones. Now, many have been waiting for Luke to be portrayed as the most powerful of the Jedi. Mainly the person across from me. Yes! <laughs> when Luke survives the firepower, just this scene, did you not just go bananas inside? <laughs> I, I may have jizzed a little. <laughs> That's <laughs> gross. But, um, no, yeah, I mean, I, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was, a, like, as soon as they start firing, my first thought was, this is his Obi-Wan sacrifice for everybody. And then when he walks out, I, I, then I, was, I went into JC's mind. I was like, he's the most powerful Jedi ever. And I have fought against that since day one of these stupid podcasts that he's never been told that. But look what he just did. And I'm like, yes, yes, he's a god. Luke hands Leia the dice from the Falcon. Those would have been hologrammed too, though. Here's the thing. I, I have seen those like psychological tricks where they're like, oh, and like. I feel the weight. Yeah, it's like, oh, and they're like, people are like moving like the fingers. They're like, I felt it on this finger, this finger. And everyone's like, what the? <laughs> like, <laughs> like Chris Angel. I bet Chris, if we had Chris Angel on the show, I bet he could tell us exactly how it works. Kylo goes. <laughs> but imagine how powerful Luke would have had to been to make Leia feel the weight or make her feel like they were real. That or maybe she knew that they were fake. Or maybe she had already died. Too soon. And she was a force ghost. The whole time she was a force ghost. Uh, Kylo goes down to face Luke himself They duel with their lightsabers And Kylo attempts to strike Luke with a killing blow Only to realize Luke Ha ha! It's a hologram! Projecting himself while still on Akto Does that mean though that Kylo bested him? No Because like had he actually been real Kylo would have killed him I think he let it happen Luke tells Much like Obi-Wan did 
Luke tells Kylo that he will not be the last Jedi. At that moment, Rey uses the Force to clear the way for the fighters. She and Finn embrace. Kylo screams in rage at his defeat as the heroes board the Falcon and escape. This is now one of my top five lines in Star Wars ever. It's Luke looking at him calmly with a smile on his face going, see you around, kid. And I know Han Solo coined that first. Luke made it awesome. Yeah. How come Kylo doesn't notice that Luke has the same lightsaber that he just destroyed a few minutes earlier? Rage makes you powerful, not smart. I mean, he also may not know, like, oh, the one blue lightsaber in the entire universe. We learned in Clone Wars, like, there's more than one. <laughs> uh, do you like the twist with Luke? You got all powerful, but not in the way you expected. Yes, because of what happens later. Again, and we'll talk later about the Ryan Johnson riding himself into a circle. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Would I have liked more? Yes, because I'm a fanboy, but no, it was it was exactly what it needed to be. I liked it because I thought about it earlier. I was like, Luke beat Kylo, and he wasn't even on the planet. I was say, yep. Isn't it just <laughs> as powerful for someone who's completely shut themselves off from the Force to be able to do all of that on command? Yeah. I think that's just as powerful as deflecting bullets. On Octo, Luke finishes using what power he had left. He looks up and sees a twin sunset, just like back on Tatooine. He smiles, and then he disappears into thin air, now completely becoming one with the Force. Rey tells Leia that she has sensed that Luke is now gone, and she asks what will become of the Resistance now. Leia tells her they have what they need to rebuild. So we're back to exactly where we were at the beginning of Episode 4, a band of rebels against the Galactic Empire. Yes. With one movie left. History repeats. It didn't in one through three. Say that it does it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to only repeat itself Not in these new movies for some reason. The same distance. <laughs> science teacher. And then we have a coda. Uh, on Cantobite, a trio of stable boys and girls that previously encountered Finn and Rose are telling each other the story of Luke Skywalker. Well, that news got around quick. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since they're nowhere near Cantobite. Nope. They are little Jedis. They'd absorbed it through the Force. The one with the broom knows what happened. Then, then here we go. If that's true, if we, if we want to say that's true, then everybody out there that gave Ray shit in The Force Awakens for having to do all the Force stuff without any training can shut the f*** now. But are we saying that this is immediately after it happened, or is this, like, legitimately the longest part of the movie, like, of separation? No, because we actually see the Falcon fly through the sky in light speed. It goes in light speed. As everything, everything's going light speed, they all, the kid looks up and he sees them going light speed right above his head. That's what that is. Because uh, it says he Black looks up at the sky JC. to see the falcon flying overhead, and he raises his broom like a lightsaber. Do you know that most stars in the sky burn out a long time ago? Yes. They're, so they're, maybe they're the Millennium Falcon passed by, but they are seeing it thousands of years later. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey for Star Wars 9. <laughs> <laughs> what if that happened? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> they tie Interstellar into Star Wars. What Gosh. if it turns out that Matthew McConaughey was the person that trained Snoke? And, it's, oh and Matthew gosh. McConaughey is From a Darth, dark tower? And Matthew McConaughey oh, wow. is Darth Plagueis, and it was Darth Plagueis who trained Snoke. I'm still convinced that the guy <laughs> who I was... Hope ne- some, I'm still convinced that the guy that was kneeling in front of Vader's back to tank is going to be somebody in this trilogy. I just hope someone at Disney's listening to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nobody at Disney cares what we have to say. Uh, well, they because they don't know. Okay, this scene. Why is the scene here? Isn't this a more fitting scene for the last scene of episode nine? It is. So two points. Yeah. Yes, it's more fitting for episode nine. The reason for the scene. This scene ends the original trilogy. This scene tells us that the old guard, your story that you grew up with, is done. And now Star Wars is about these new characters. That's the point of this scene. The, the point of this scene is to show that Star Wars moves on. Star Wars becomes new things. It's bigger than what you thought. And that's why people are so pissed. People wanted to control Star Wars, and I'm among them. I, I love this movie, but I was angry at the end. And I'm angry because I wanted to fit Star Wars in a little box. But in a way, Star Wars is like God. You cannot stuff God into a box. It's bigger than that. Star Wars is... Basically. I mean... <laughs> Joel? Our resident <laughs> chaplain? <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good start. Go on. <laughs> I've seen Bibles I, in boxes before. Listen, <laughs> I, I am one for a good uh, analogy, so continue. No, that's all... I mean, like, you, people are always going to say God is this. Well, no, he's that and that and that and that and that and that or her. Like, like you can't. If God is God, then God is everything. Well, that's what Star Wars is. Star Wars isn't what the fanboys wanted. Star Wars isn't what I wanted. Star Wars is for everyone, and because it's truly for everyone, we had to get rid of the Skywalkers. We had to sort of end that storyline in a nicely wrapped bow, which it was, and realize that. It's going to go off and continue to grow, and now it's going to be their story, and then their story, and then their story, and often into infinity, so that Disney can make billions. I just had my I just had my aha moment. Okay, you're welcome. These kids will be front and center to Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Yeah, I had a kid in my advisory that he ends up doing. One of the kids that in my advisory. That would be nice because he's be... writing and directing his own trilogy. That Lucas would be... gave him the rights to do it. That would be nice. It would also prove my point. There's a. Space. At school no, on Monday, a kid came up to me and was like, The Kid with the Bone. That's going to be the new spinoff. I was like, Huh. Yeah. He's uh, a very smart kid. I'm just playing. That being, kid, that being yeah. said, the kid looked like a newsie. And who doesn't love the newsies? I don't know anybody that doesn't like the newsies. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Disturbing. The film closes with the words, In loving memory of our princess Carrie Fisher. Nice little add on. Yeah, I got a little. So, did the awards get right? Well, it hasn't been nominated yet, but I'm pretty sure it'll be visual effects. It should win for visual, and yeah. it should win for sound. It's visual effects and sound, yeah. It should definitely win or for sound. Or at least sound. be nominated. It should win. Because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JC, the movie's over. What'd you think after watching it the first time? And I've, I, everybody that has asked me, I've said this. If they haven't seen the film, I told, I'm told i not going to tell you anything because however I answer will influence how you watch it. So if they haven't seen it, I don't answer it. To those that have seen it, I when I watched the movie, I loved it. 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 It's over. I was sad. Like, that's that's honestly, and, and Joe and I talked about this because we rode home together. When I was going home, I could not say in the car at the moment anything I disliked about the movie. I couldn't. But I was sad. Like I was up, I was sad at the end of the movie, but I wasn't sad because I didn't like it. I was sad because I didn't know why. And it took me a couple of days. And Joe was right. The more I ruminated on it, or ruminated, marinated, that's ruminist. Those two <laughs> together, marinist. <laughs> um, Marist. College. I I was sad. 
because Luke's gone. Yeah. It it took me a while to realize, and I didn't even know because I've always said I always tell people my favorite character in Star Wars is R two D two. That's not true because R two D two hasn't been in these two movies and it hasn't really bugged me. Yeah. Luke's gone and I'm upset. I'm like emotionally upset to the point where I kind of said to Joe, I'm like, do I care? about Star Wars anymore mm. now that Luke Skywalker's not in it. And right now, in a way, I kind of don't. I mean, he'll be back in nine, obviously. I, yeah, I know. And yeah, that's I mean, the thing. Yoda like, came back. So, uh, I mean, of course, I'm I'm still going to go watch nine and all that stuff. But it's just, I this movie made me realize how much I didn't realize I cared about Luke. Like, genuinely cared about him as a character. And he is not gone, but is gone. He's not gone, but he is gone. And Ryan Johnson, I'm sure, had a sheet of paper, and he sort of wrote down, okay, Luke kills Kylo Ren. Well, okay, no, he can't do that because then he's an uncle that killed his nephew. Can't do that. They'll, they'll hate me for that. So Kylo Ren kills Luke. Nope, Luke can't die that way. All the fanboys will kill me. So I need to come up with a way for Luke to beat Kylo Ren but not be the bad guy and not kill Kylo Ren because, you know, we need him later. So, like, he was written into a corner. Like, the way Luke went out was the only way Ryan Johnson could write him out. So it was be- it was a beautifully made film. I loved it. I'm just sad. Like, there, that's how I feel. I'm sad. Joel? That he's gone. Yeah. Uh, I liked the movie a lot. I thought that it was a very fun movie for a movie-going experience. Yeah. And- Walking out, I was like, there's nothing that I hated in this. There was no Hayden Christensen that just, like, bothered me the whole film. Wait, whose face did you say you hated earlier? Uh, um, okay, here's the thing. Um, I think Sam put it best. I don't. It's not Haldo. Um, what's the little baby Hitler? General uh, Hux. Hux. You hated Hux. Hux's face. I, ha- I, I looked at his face. I was like, you know what? He doesn't have a bad face. But it was because he looks like a child of Hitler. <laughs> and I looked and I was like, whoa. Maybe too soon. And <laughs> I just didn't like him. I, I saw him. But, I mean, he did a good job. I didn't trust him. But yeah. there are people that are, like, in power. I'm like, I don't see how you got in power. It's been 70 years. You look pretty think... whiny. <laughs> oh, okay. It's too soon. If Not you read soon. The Empire Ends, you understand how Armitage gets in Okay. But I'm just like, I, li- I thought it was a really good movie. Three. You'd have to read three books. I liked it. Uh, I liked it. and Not as much as I wanted to. I didn't think it was as good as Force Awakens, uh, but it's better than Rogue One in my eyes, uh, I think. I, I, actually, I talked to Steve afterwards, and I said, this movie actually made me appreciate Rogue One, because Rogue One at least was a unique story. Yeah, you said that in the car, and I wondered what you meant. So, it, Rogue One was original story. It, it, there, so what there, bugs you is how much they take from Return of the Jedi and Empire. My, my okay. initial complaints about this movie were the same problems that I had with people talking about The Force Awakens. And I had to hold myself in check afterwards. I was like, hold on. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be that person. The only scene then I have to slap around is the Snow Kylo Ray scene. And JC just slapped Joel around. Uh, but other than that, we'll get into the things we liked and we didn't like in our next segment here called Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we pick our top three things we love or scenes that we like in this movie. And then we choose three things we dislike about the film and or that we find the weakest. Let's start with the top three. JC, what are your top three things that you want to highlight in this movie? The Force is powerful in this movie. We see the Force used more in this movie than any of the other movies. 
is it used as much as I wanted? And do I learn as much about the Force as I wanted to learn? No, because I'm a fanboy. But the Force was awesome. Number two, the ideal that failure is a must for growth. Mm. Again, Star Wars for me, as much as I love the characters, it is also supposed to teach lessons. It's supposed to introduce us to things. And sometimes we need to fail. Like, we're teachers. It's good to fail yeah. and then learn from your failures. And then my number one is Luke. Everything Luke was awesome. I cannot complain about a single thing that happened or that they did with Luke other than I want more Luke. Like, there's my complaint is I want more Luke. Yeah. Uh, Joel? I loved Poe Dameron's part of the story. I liked that he was wrong in his plans and that there was something bigger. And I mean, I was cheering for him the whole time. Yeah. I wanted him to be the hero. And then when he wasn't, I was a little bitter. And I was like, dang it, because I'm wrong sometimes. Like, it's... It's the humility aspect of it, and we don't always get what we want, and we don't always know what's like best for us, and pride can force us to do things that are unnecessary. And so I like that part of uh, his storyline. Um, I think that he needed more storyline in the first movie, um, I th- but two, because I also bet money that he would appear in the screen on the screen more than Finn, and so I love that he was in it more than Finn, because <laughs> it's probably going to win me $18. So are you saying that just like we some sometimes pride goeth before the fall and we need to learn not to be prideful to become better, Star Wars is teaching us that we sometimes need to fail to learn good things? Yeah. So Star Wars is like God. Just like <laughs> it, which takes me to my number two. That's- oh, great. Which takes me to my number two, <laughs> that so many people are wrong on their predictions. Should I pull mine up? Uh, or you want yeah. to finish yours? Well, I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish you finish yours two. and I'll pull up. Yeah. Um, I love that I went in. And again, I looked at the, all the entertainment odds because I was like, there were things on. Will Kylo Ren kill Leia? Will Ray bring him to the dark side? Will he bring? Will Ray bring him to the light? Will he bring her to the dark? Will this happen? Will this happen? And so many things that people obsessed over enough to put online for people to bet on in Vegas didn't matter even a little bit. And I loved it. (laughs) I love that people don't know as much as they think they do, and they just need to shut up and just enjoy. Um, Not you. I was going to say, was that directed at me? (laughs) I was going to say, you dick. That was was directed directly at the two of us. (laughs) No, no, because, like, you said that, but he, like, shared it with friends. You weren't, like, in everyone's face and be like, this is what is going to happen, and this has to happen, or this person's wrong. You had fun, and you watched a trailer right. and said, okay, based on what I know about Star Wars, this is what I think could happen. You wouldn't, like, obsess over you being right. No. And this, you being right or wrong did not ruin the movie for you. I don't have the patience to obsess. That being said, if I had been right on all these, I was so been Now, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, everyone that, like, would get very aggressive would be like, this is whose parent, this is who Ray's family is. No, they were a bunch of hicks. It's probably <laughs> Uncle Eddie in his uh, trailer. That's why there are only two kids in Christmas Vacation when he has so much more. It was Lars's stepbrother who moved to Jakku after he couldn't hack it as a moisture farmer. Could it be that it's Christmas Vacation? Could and that well They're be. like, oh, where are the other kids? He's like, oh, well, so-and-so's in college. No, she is going over scraps on Jakku. Shitter's uh, full because you <laughs> forgot her. And you don't remember that you forgot her. Yeah. It's like leaving your kid at the store because they left her on a planet. Yeah. <laughs> and I, w- I was going to say Luke, but since uh, JC said it, I'm going to say Yoda starting the fire. 
<laughs> thought it was amazing. When yes. Yoda lit the tree on fire, I was like, this is beautiful. But I love Little legs going it. up yeah. and down. Joe, what are your top three? Actually, no, let's go back to my number two. Oh, okay. In predictions. Okay. Well, what so were yours? These are my predictions. My first one was that Ray, there's a shot where Ray falls down, and I say Ray has been released from a force choke hold by Luke. Dead wrong on that. He never does her any harm outside of, like, maybe threatening her a little bit with a sword. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number two, the crushed helmet of Kylo Ren is going to be in the first 15 minutes of the film. Nailed be, it. He will be helmetless for the rest of the movie. Nailed I got it. that one right. Yeah. Uh, now hey, we get to... Hey, a blind, a blind squirrel finds an acorn. Now we get to the rogues gallery of bullshit that I threw out here. Uh, <laughs> the shot of Leia looking at the map is going to be her looking for a safe place to rebuild the New Republic. They're just trying to escape. You weren't exactly far off with that one, but yeah, it was wrong. Uh, the shot of the gloved hand brushing the top of the Jedi book is Luke's after the burning of the temple. It wasn't after the burning of the temple. He just pulls it off of the shelf and he puts this hand over it. Yeah. Uh, the golden architecture in the wall of what looks like a mountain is going to be a place where Luke's students look for kyber crystals. Apparently, it was just a bunch of books. Bunch of books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the shot of Luke kneeling next to R2 is a flashback that was visualized in Ray's vision from before the Jedi Temple burning. The very next shot is of stormtroopers walking through burning rubble. This takes place in the aftermath of the X-Wings, including Poe Dameron's. I was wrong, and then I was right, and then I was wrong. So <laughs> well, that's bound to happen in an elaborate. Yes. But this is one that's interpretive. Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end happens when Ray is midway through her training. No, he says at the beginning. Luke's intent was to train her as a Force user, not as a Jedi. <laughs> nope. Ray wants to be a Jedi. This discovery is what leads to Luke's statement, she will be left without a teacher, disappointed in what Luke has become, and take a turn to the dark side by the movie's end. Mm, you're a quarter right, and then three quarters bullshit. Yeah. So That's still a profit, though. Let's, no, but let's just say this. I don't when know it comes how to, works, clearly. When it comes to Star Wars trailers... They know how to cut a trailer and not give away anything. Did you notice that every scene in the trailer yeah, was actually right, in the movie? I did. That's why it's not in one of my bottom three. I'm just saying. I also noticed that. Mm-hmm. It's like they learned a lesson. Mm, three to say, have you, Joe? Yes. Okay, my, my top three. The sequel trilogy is finally acknowledged by the prequel. Uh, uh, the sequel trilogy finally acknowledges the prequels by mentioning Darth Sidious. Thank you. They exist. Thank you for not running away from these any longer. Yep. Uh, Number two, Snoke is great in 95% of his scenes that he's in. Uh, What was the 5% that you didn't like? uh, When he pulls her to the fleet and says, watch your fleet destroyed. I was like, nah, you turn into the emperor now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, And my number one is Luke's final line. See you around, kid. Uh, It's between that and him winking at 3PO on his way out. (laughs) Such a baller move. It's like, how great was the line uh, when Carrie tells uh, C-3PO to wipe that stupid look off that his face? That nervous look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it when he, he says, uh, they go into the base, and 3PO starts giving him the odds. He's like, 547,221, and Poe goes, not now, 3PO. He won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, going back to like me, like everyone likes, uh, focusing so hard on like predictions. Mm-hmm. like. Who's Snoke? Who's Snoke? Who's Snoke? Doesn't even matter. No. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they easily could have made Snoke Jar Jar. It didn't matter. They never actually said he, maybe he was Jar Jar. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Joel is the next prophet. Uh, (laughs) JC, it's our top or bottom three. It's time to vent. Go for it. 
All right. Uh, Admiral uh, Haldo had no reason to hide the plan from Poe. We talked about this already, but I'm still like, who's he going to tell? Yeah. Who's he gonna, who's he, uh, is he going to call Hux again and be like, hey, you know how we had a bad connection before? Just so you know, we're going <laughs> to drive really, really slow, but I'll get to that in a minute. What's a MacGuffin again? <laughs> What's a McMuffin? McLovin? Yeah, what is it? A Explain. McGuffin is a plot device that is used to push the uh, thing forward, but you give no reason for it. That, that, could that be, like, the smallest one? <laughs> like, there's literally no well, reason for her not I to have I think the said. MacGuffin in this movie is the codebreaker. Because they're chasing after this codebreaker, and in the end, they don't even get the damn thing. They get, they get a, the rent a codebreaker. And yeah. they end up killing everybody anyway. They don't even get rid of the transponder thing. Yeah. Uh, number two... To be fair, Phasma was used more than Boba Fett, but still, dead already or not? No, Boba Fett's iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) My favorite toy. I I honestly think we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, they're the same character. If his pubes are in the twist, I'm sorry, Sam. (laughs) Um, And then my number one most annoying thing in the whole movie, slowest space chase ever. It yes. is eight hours. So this is the plan. We're going to build our movie around an eight-hour space chase where we're trying not to run out of fuel. Let's take the beginning of A New Hope and turn that into the whole movie. A Star Destroyer chasing after that Tanta 4. I feel like it's we, the whole movie. I feel like we could have had a better story. Like, yeah. like that one thing, I just, that's stupid. Honestly, the vibe I got from that was Battlestar Galactica because they did the exact same storyline. Uh, with the Cylons chasing after them at one point. One of the episodes was them every 30 minutes when they jumped, uh, they they would jump to the next place, and then 30 minutes later, the Cylons would show up and start firing on them. And they were like, how come they keep chasing us? How how do they keep finding us when we we keep jumping to all these different places? And that was the storyline. So, Hyperspace tracking navigational systems. Thanks, Rogue One. (sighs) Uh, Joel. Joel. Sup? <laughs> Jinx. Uh, my number three. Hey, Tokyo, Coke. Uh, you know, me saying that they brushed off so many th- fan theories, and I like that. I hate that Ray's family tree was just looked over. Like I, That was the thing that I think annoyed me. One of the things that annoyed me the most in the movie, but I don't know. Um, I like it because maybe there are other little Jedis of nobodies out there somewhere, and that'll be a fun little spinoff that I'll – Hopefully won't give up on, as I have so many superhero movies. I hope that I would never do that with Star Wars, but I'm pretty fatigued. He slowed on his MCU. He stopped at Winter Soldier. I haven't watched it yet. Um, number two. Boy, that was a long one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I loved the movie, and I, like, I do want to see it again. And I think this will be one of the movies that I watch more than once. Like, when we did the episode three podcast, I didn't even watch it. I was like, I, don't, I didn't like this one, so I'm not even going to watch it. This one I will. Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, I didn't like it. I don't care for it. I don't like Christensen. Don't want to look at his face (laughs) for more time than I have to. (laughs) I just got to get that as a soundbite also. I hate Christensen's face. (laughs) Also, like, didn't have a lot of time that week. But on top of it, like, I, I, Clone Wars is easily my least favorite. But, like, so those, like, I'm not going to watch if I don't have to. This one I will watch. More than once, probably more than five times, because I thought it was fun. And you movie, you can movie pass it. And I can movie pass it. But here's the thing. I probably won't, because I don't have two and a half hours just to throw away. I would yeah. much rather go see The Disaster Artist again. 
Great awesome movie. movie. Um, blind <laughs> high five. Um, and number one, uh, my favorite thing was fans thinking they're including mine. Fans thinking that their opinions matters, and it didn't. And so we. Oh no no, that's not what I was talking about. Rewind context. My number one is fans thinking that their opinions matters, uh, and they can't just enjoy the film and they want to bitch, bitch and moan about it. That'll take me back to an early podcast when we talk about change.org. And now people coming out with petitions. Now, the guy that started it may have been on painkillers and may not remember (laughs) actually doing it. Um, It's a GoFundMe, isn't it? Yeah, it was like a GoFundMe or something stupid. And, like, I don't know if you heard me and Danielle talking about it at uh, lunch today. I was asking her, because I got a text from uh, Wes saying, why is there a petition out to remove this, this... Last Jedi from the canon series. And I said, Daniel, why? Other than the fact that snowflakes exist and people just want to complain. And she said, there was a guy that went to the movie, allegedly maybe on painkillers, went home and was like, I didn't like that, and like started to go fund me to have it removed from canon. And then he woke up coming out of his highness, and he said, oh, no, what have I done? And so he has removed it. But that doesn't remove the fact that like there were – people out there that signed it and there were enough people that wrote about it's like it doesn't matter like if you don't like a piece of art don't look at it yeah like if i've looked at paintings been like that is garbage and so i don't continue to go back and stare at the painting if it's movies are a form of artwork if you don't like it deal with it don't watch it again like it's fine you don't have to go out on a public platform and be like it needs to be removed it ruined everything else clone wars and hayden christensen did not ruin what the original trilogy did right he didn't even ruin like the second trilogy so my number one thing that annoys me is i love star wars but i hate cynicism and having to go through it every time a star wars movie comes out right it's just obnoxious well it's kind of funny you just need to get over it funny thing is force awakens was pretty much universally liked i mean the only complaints people had were the similarities to a new hope uh and those were nitpicky exactly uh this movie is divisive, and I think I said something to you. Like, I haven't seen people this divisive since last year's election. But, but that's the climate we're in. The climate we're it's, in is, yeah, like, I'm right, you're wrong, that's it. Exactly. There's no that's, middle ground that, anymore for some reason. That's, no, that's wrong. Uh, okay, my number three. Uh, the Snoke-Kylo Ren racing is legitimately identical to the Emperor Vader and Luke in Return of the Jedi, including how they frame the conversations. Some of them are even quoted the same. At least in Force Awakens, scenes were similar and not blatantly ripped off. My number two, Rose Tico, and the entire Canto Bite sequence. It wasn't as engaging as I wish it had been, because I heard so much about it, and it got a little preachy for me. Yeah, you're right. Canto Bite, as much as we talked about it on the podcast, didn't matter much. No. Except for we got... It gave Finn something to do. And it gave Finn something to do. Yeah. Uh, And my number one... All of the mysteries that Abrams initiated, Johnson completely dismissed. Who is Ray? Doesn't matter. How will they deal with Han's death? We're not going to. Who is Snoke? Who cares? Will we finally get to see Luke be super powerful? Kind of, but it's a joke. (laughs) He's not there. Uh, Did Leia ever learn how to use the Force? You got that one. Will Kylo Ren go full on evil? Jury's out. Who are the Knights of Ren? Exactly. These were all wonderful seeds 
to plant into this new universe. And I kept hearing about how Ryan Johnson's, he was such a risk taker in this film. What risks did he take outside of killing Luke? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I see the risks either. I do agree with that. Yeah. So those are my bottom three. Uh, I'm not going to harp on them any longer. Who is the audience for this movie, JC? Star Wars fans, but especially new ones. Uh, this one crushes the old guard soul. Yeah. Yo, Star Wars fans. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to agree with JC. Kids, like they're this is a Disney Star Wars and yep. it is very very different than the original trilogy that we grew up with. It's this is a new generation of Star Wars fans and people aren't going to like it. I obviously think if you like Star Wars this is your kind of movie, but I think there are a lot of people that aren't Star Wars fans that can probably maybe miss out on this one. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's, they're just getting to that point with Star Wars. Uh, but I'll get to a little bit more of who it's for during my rating. Okay. Uh, for me, it's Star Wars adults. And I, I have to agree with you to a point, And that is the, this is the Disney version. And I want to counter that, not counter, but agree, but in a different avenue. And that is, this is the non-George Lucas version. Yeah. George yeah, Lucas yeah. didn't shy away from getting dark if he had to. Nope. You're right. And... I think since George has left that, they're playing it safe. And I think the safeness is starting to, to annoy us. It's starting to irritate the fan base. And not just the fanboys, but you see how divisive this is right now. That's not normal for a Star Wars movie. Even Rogue One got a lot more than this. And maybe it's because it's the second movie out of a trilogy and we don't know what the third one's going to be. And it's supposed to leave us in a bad place. But it's supposed to be in a bad place with the characters. Not in the bad place like, this is not where I saw this going. Second movies are always going to get a lot of flack, especially, unless it's Rush Hour 2. Um, <laughs> the gold standard. Yeah, the gold standard. Name a better sequel. Try. Empire Strikes Back. The Two Towers. I stand Aliens. corrected. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. Desolation of Smog. <laughs> you're, say you're saying all of those movies are better than Rush Hour 2? I've never seen Rush Hour 2. What? I told you I want to do this movie, man. And you were like, I don't want to because I don't want to critique it. But I got a feeling I'm going to like it just as much as you do. I haven't been here for like six months, and I knew that he told you he'd never seen it before. That <laughs> is proof, children, that denial exists. Because you probably did tell me that. I was like, that's such a preposterous statement. I can't believe it. Because Rush Hour 2 is good. Um, I don't think anyone could truly complain about uh, Episode 7. Because it had been so long since we had a Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. and there wasn't a Christensen character except for maybe um, Finn. Finn was the most Christensen. Finn's, I think. Finn was the most Christensen because it was very like evident that he was acting in everything that he said. Yeah, but like we, everyone was so desperate for a new Star Wars that I don't we know. We forgave a lot. Yeah, it's like you're. It's when you're super thirsty and you have that old bottle of water in your car, and it's you love it. But if you were to drink it right now, you're like, that is an old bottle of water, and I did not like it. <laughs> that being said, episode seven was really good, but it had really been so long since anybody had seen a Star Wars that was like very great that had Luke in it yeah. or Carrie Fisher that it was just such a breath of fresh air. Like, why dare complain? Uh, movie no report card. Anyways. Movie report card. A, B, C, D, F in the space fantasy feature film genre. Now, we should mention that we can change this grade after episode nine, since I think all of us would actually give this an incomplete. Uh, so, JC, give us a grade and some comments that defend your grade. Solid B. 
and everything I've said the whole time. Not doing a range on this one. You're just gonna give us. A yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing solid B because again, I cannot complain about a single decision they made. Like even the people that argue, well, what? Like I can rationalize in my head everything that he did and why he did it, and okay. because I can rationalize it, I can't hate it. I knock it because it's not what I wanted. So that's again, it's just like Joel said. This is a good movie. Yeah. But it's for like newer audiences. It's not for me. And that's okay. I'm still going to watch Star Wars. I don't not like Star Wars because of it. It's just, it wasn't what I wanted. Right. And then sometimes do we really know what we want? I just know that I wanted more Luke. Okay. I mean, I got a lot of Luke. I'm sad because Luke's gone. I think we'd all agree that we'd like to spend two hours just with Luke and Ray. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a great that movie. That would have been a fine movie. Uh, okay. So, Joel? Um, I'm going to go anything that has a B in it. So if we're going B plus if we're, B B minus if we're going to do a range if I we have to pick a range I'm going to say mm-hmm. B minus to B plus okay um, and I really do I need to watch it a second time because I'm thinking like is this aside from the original Star Wars and and maybe Episode One I feel like this is a movie that if you know nothing about Star Wars you could still watch as long as you know who Yoda is and you know that like. Ray is going to find the original, like her original Jedi, mm-hmm. because there's so much stuff in the movie that we've talked about. They're like, "What is happening? And like, what does this have to do with anything that happened before, and what happened earlier, and who is that, and what's that doing over there?" That it's, it's a movie that you could watch and be like, "I'm a little confused, but I still had fun." Okay. Um, it def it's, it's a. I enjoyed the movie. It might be after listening to you all talk. I think it's. Maybe more like a uh, a puzzle where you're forcing some pieces in. It still makes a really pretty picture. And you're like, I'm happy with the way this turned out. <laughs> maybe it, <laughs> maybe it wasn't like the most perfect fit in every spot because you're right. Ray wakes up on that island mm-hmm. and maybe even goes to sleep at some point. And the people in space are just like, we're here. And they're still flying. Like, they're still flying. <laughs> um, so there are some pieces that didn't fit that may have been forced in, but I still like the way the puzzle turned out. So okay. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a solid B. All right. Uh, Sam gave it a range of B plus to a C. So the potential high of B plus, the potential low of C. That's a big range. Uh, my range was a big range. Uh, mine was a B to a C minus. And I, I said, cause I, I like this movie. I like it better than most star Wars movies. Uh, which would mean that I can't give it a C minus because that'd be the lowest I've ever given a C uh, a Star Wars movie. Yes, it would. Uh, I, I told I told you once before this movie made me appreciate Rogue One. Uh, pros: Mark Hamill does some of his best acting in Star Wars in this movie. I think uh, the cinematography is fantastic. Uh, Ryan Johnson knows how to frame a shot. Uh, especially the shot with Kylo versus Luke, you'll notice it's like a video game. I expected little energy bars in the top to get started with the, and no, fight! Um, Ray, Poe, and Finn, they all get more character development. I may not like the stories that they're in, but they, you do get to learn more about who they are and where they may be going. Uh, like, I, like the, I like the originality of the story involving the ship trying to outrun the First Order for the duration of the film. But I thought it should have been a much longer span of time, not just six hours. You know, have them jump a few times, not just jump once and be like, oh, I guess they can track us. Nothing's given to there. It's just like they jumped once and, oh, they tracked us. How did you come up with that? What if they just had ships in the area? 
Uh, BB-8. They do all look alike. And, and finally, BB-8 does a great job of being the new R2-D2. Uh, that being said, rest in peace, R2-D2. I think this is your final shot. And the sad thing is, is it should be 3PO, not R2-D2. Agreed. But I dig it. But I also think that if you lose R2-D2, you have to lose 3PO. You can't have one without the other. You're not allowed to. They're, they're, they're one of the... They're, they're, two, they're no. Anakin and Obi-Wan, okay? No. Uh, cons? Bollocks. Pacing problems. Why is this movie as long as it is? It does not need to be. Get the entire Canto Bite sequence out. You have a serviceable film that looks really, really good. But where's the Force Kid? Screw the Force Kid. Screw Broom Kid. Snoke, Ray, and Kylo scene is a carbon copy of Emperor Luke and Vader. And the biggest complaint that Lucasfilm heard about The Force Awakens was that they had pre, uh, used scenes that were too similar to A New Hope. They should have learned their damn lesson. But instead, they played it safe. Has Disney ever cared what fans say? Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm made this decision. Disney right. just says, yep, movie will go. Uh, new characters like Holdo, Rose Tico, and DJ are completely under, underdeveloped. Hold on. Okay. Do you really think, no, because is Kathleen Kennedy Lucasfilm or is Kathleen Kennedy Disney? Kathleen Kennedy is Lucasfilm. All right, then never mind. You're yeah. right. Uh, Chewbacca is barely re- relevant in this movie. In fact, if the Falcon didn't need a co-pilot for the final scene, you wouldn't need him at all. R2-D2, once again, is completely underutilized for the shinier BB-8. Uh, Lucasfilm played it too safe for the storylines. I'm in. Does this movie develop characters from The Force Awakens? Does it move the plot forward? And does it leave me with a cliffhanger that makes me anticipate the final film? My answers are yes, kind of, I think... So based on this, I have to give it that range. Potentially, this movie could be as good as a B, but it threw out a lot of what was good about The Force Awakens. Potentially on the bottom end, it could be less than average because of how much damage it did to The Force Awakens. And my biggest gripe with A New Hope is that it doesn't fit in the canon after Empire Strikes Back. They should have known that. They just turned Force Awakens into A New Hope. Yeah. In fact, you could eliminate Force Awakens, start this movie up with just Ray handing off the lightsaber. You don't even need the movie. No, you don't. And it sucks because that's such a good movie. So that's why my range is a B to a C minus. I am hopeful with Abrams at the helm that this will be at the B range. Hell, I'm hopeful that I'll be completely wrong and then we get to an A minus on that last one because I love conclusionary tales. But this is where I'm at with the movie. And maybe this is where I'm The sad thing kind is, of at. is JJ's got his work cut out for him. Yeah, he does. Yeah, because Ryan Johnson just whipped his dick out and slapped him across the face with it going, <laughs> try it now, bitch. Maybe there's a plan all along. I don't know. He's like, the reason I like, gave it the BB plus, I was like, as a standalone movie, if we're focusing just on the uh, space fantasy, I think it's like, for a space fantasy movie, this like easily is a B plus. Yes. If we're saying, what is this rated in comparison to where it should be in the Star Wars universe and how it relates to everything else? Probably not a B, because it's it is a very different movie, and it's going to be tough for them to make the full round off with the, all three movies by episode nine. Yeah, because this movie doesn't end with a cliffhanger. You're kind of like, okay, well, Desolation of Smog back back at square one again. Desolation of Smog leads you into wanting more and more than this does, hands down. What have we done? <laughs> Do you realize what we've done? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> What's that from? Dumb and Dumber. Oh. So we're oh. going past the critical rating. Now let's go to just us being fans of movies. If this movie was released on Blu-ray, would you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it? JC? Buy it. You said that so unhappily. <laughs> buy it. Because well, he has to at this point. It's because... <laughs> Your enjoyment level was so much that you're like, I'm going to spend $35 on this, even if there's no episode nine? Oh, yeah, because it's Star Wars. Okay, okay. And because it's the end of Luke's story. I didn't like, mean like, I, I didn't mean to sound accusatory on that. No, it's just sometimes I, we, I've come across with Sam and, and some other people that when I do buy Bennett, they're like, well, let's rationalize this. How much is it on Blu-ray? That's not the point. It's a scale of one to five. Do you like the movie or not? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I like the movie. I'm just, now I'm in my head about like, Disney's gonna Disneyfy this, and I wonder if this movie just proves they don't really give two shits. Like Disney's gonna do what Disney wants to do because Disney knows we're gonna spend money for it, and that's depressing. That's sad. That does. That sounds sad. That's sad because that's what this has become. This sort of proves that, like, yeah, we don't give a. F- there it was. Yay! There it was. Welcome to the podcast. Watch JC. your mouth, James. <laughs> Hey, I, watch I, the language. How, <laughs> I've got kids at home. How how do I watch it if it's on my face? I don't know. I say buy it in the trilogy box. <laughs> you got no, it's a separate you ha, yeah, separately. Do you buy it, Bennett stream it, borrow it, forget Actually, about it? Actually, hold but on. I'm, I gotta, like, I'm excited to buy it, but it's like you can't it's I waited to buy all the original six until I found them all in a trilogy in a box set. That would okay. be a, a sexology effect. There's like I so you, shh, 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 shh. You're right, though. I, mathematically, you're 100% right. Actually, uh, no, because there'd be eight. That'd be an octology. Octology. No, but so like, Rogue One is a needed film now. No, this yeah. is <laughs> No, this is episode... Yeah. Excuse me. Clearly, my co-patriots here can't count. That would be eight goddamn movies, not nine. Rogue One would be the ninth fucking movie, and no one's buying that piece of shit. It's on Netflix for a reason still. <laughs> I think I'm going to Target after this. There's a reason why that's the only Star Wars movie on Netflix. I, I still own it already. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I would say, like, I guess, I guess, like, if this would technically be like a Bennett because I'm getting it for a discount. I'm not paying full price for the one movie. I like, I'll buy the three together so I can be like, hey, it's a, it's a rainy day. I'm gonna I'm, buy the extended edition. I'm snowed into my house. Edition. The Peter Jackson extended edition. Yeah, probably. I, that's that's still what I go to. That's my with all the appendices. I still haven't watched this. <laughs> you just listen to our podcast. We hear them all. I was here for it. <laughs> uh, Joe, I, Sam says, and I don't think Sam said this. I think it was typed in. <coughs> I like to poop my pantaloons. Mm, sounds like Sam to me. <laughs> so clearly, when it comes to this movie on Blu-ray, he would like to poop his pantaloons. And then stream it? <laughs> Sam, you're leaving us with more questions than answers, sir. It's almost like Samuel is Ryan Johnson. Yes. I like how his, his, his quote is in <laughs> Pooh Brown, too. <laughs> you mustard. Joe, what do you think? Uh, I, okay, I'm going to stream this. You've bought all the others? You'll stream this? Again, if I did this on a scale of <laughs> one to five, my enjoyment of this was a three. It oh. wasn't a four. It wasn't a five. It was a three. And. I love audio. He's actually going to go buy it. 
Joe said, I really need to change this because this is not what the rating system was supposed to goddamn be. Joe, did you it's like turned it? It's turned into a, wait, hold on, I don't make a lot of money, so I'm going to have to go, if it's at eight ninety nine, I'm going to buy it, or if it's in the bargain bin, maybe I'll consider it. Is it worth your money? I thought that's what it was. It's worth it to stream it. Joe, did you like it? I did not. I, <laughs> Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. <laughs> That's bad when you're talking about one movie and you're like, but can we talk about that one? Or is it interesting that we're coming up with the worst film ever made talking with this movie? No, no. <laughs> well, this is not well, the No, worst. it's not. That's why I said it's a three. It's a What's three for me. What's the worst movie ever made? The Room. No, this is, this is a night where we got to get some beers uh, in and enjoy this movie. No. You've got to see The Disaster no. Artist. Uh-uh. No. no, 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 no. I don't like Franco. I really like this movie. No. This movie was hysterical. No. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna stream this. I'm streaming it. It's not all the way like I have to own it, and it's not all the way like I don't want to have it. Well, that's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and help the show get on its feet with a four- or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod, and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and SoundJ Music for providing our intro music and our ending music. Thanks for listening, and happy movie watching. <laughs>